0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors.
1: Welcome to the Way Station. To ensure traveler safety and comfort, please deposit your baggage at the door. The Way Station encourages open discussions, all stories are also accepted from your journey through life. Enjoy your stay, and please come again. Hello, and welcome back to The Way Station. I am your host, Stephanie, and Megan is not with us again this weekend. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Today, we have with us guest hosting, Shim. Shim is here, everyone. Shim.
2: Woo. Did you see how I didn't interrupt anything? (laughs) You
1: didn't. I'm so proud. (laughs)
2: I mean, it won't last, but I tried really hard. You
1: did. You just held a straight face there. And of course, we have Dave with us.
0: Because I'm I'm here and you couldn't kick me out if you tried. It's my place. I'll do what I want.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I need you here because we're going to be talking about something that only you and I have seen. So, and... and Several things actually that you and I I'm have- trying to think.
0: Uh, no, Ming never got naked. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, neither did Zapsick. No, no. Nope. Okay,
2: I was trying to think <laughs> of something really horrible to say, but I just nothing came to mind.
1: Yeah, good,
2: which good. is weird for me. But
1: uh, so Megan, um, I, I texted her because I thought she was going to be in for this show, but. Today is St. Patrick's Day for all of you drunk people listening out there.
0: Woo! Or, you know, driving, as apparently is happening oh. based on my experience getting here today.
1: Me too. Me and Dave had, like, the worst drives in. Shit, we didn't even get to talk about that. How was your drive in? Because, you know, we I, I, we all took 75, I'm assuming.
0: Um, I came across 696.
1: Okay. I took 75, and it was a nightmare. Everybody's driving like, you know, they're on crack.
2: I took 696. It was pretty typical 696 in that most of it was fine but some people just don't give a crap about looking anywhere 696 is where i've been in my um my accident a couple months back as a matter of fact during winter when there was no ice on the ground
1: <laughs> it, they're called but, accidents because they're accidents <laughs> but then
2: well but then 11 mile uh was awful because i mean i hate 11 mile here cuz it has basically no turn lanes but i almost got rear-ended pulling into the street here yeah, that happens. So that, that's pretty typical. I guess not too bad. Pretty much my usual trip here. So okay. almost, almost surprise sodomy, which yeah. is well, what we're...
1: we were discussing <laughs> the surprise sodomy earlier before we got the mics rolling here. But, um, yeah, so we all basically almost got surprise sodomized on the way, uh, in here, but we're here. We're alive. We are. Everybody who's out there drinking, please do not drive. Cause seriously, if I get hit by one of you guys, I'm not even drinking until I get to Megan's party and then I'm ubering home. Like, like a good girl. like Like an adult. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to endanger somebody else's life just so I can have a good time. That's stupid. So if you're out there doing that, get it together. Get your shit together. I'm leaving the studio at 7, and if you're on 75 headed south –
0: There's going to be some issues.
1: We'll fight. So anyway, uh, so we're having a big party over at Megan's house tonight. Um, Her and Tom usually cook like this awesome like Irish stew. They call it – it's a St. Patrick's Day or a Polish St. Patrick's party because – because he's Polish, so he likes to make a joke about it.
2: Okay, um, so what? I mean, most Americans aren't Irish, and we've all co-opted the holiday anyway. I, I
1: know, but he's just being goofy. It's well, like, no, he's being Tom. what they named the event on, fi- on Facebook, whatever.
2: I will not be attending because um, I – well, I haven't been sleeping well but i also picked this weekend without realizing it was a holiday because i don't pay attention to holidays much anymore to promise my stupid family i would do their paperwork ew gross yeah and
1: well and, i mean well, Pac- i mean
2: it's not really a holiday That's what I was just
1: yeah st pat's is like you know. It's like,
2: oh, I can drink today, but also I'm going to wear green.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just a reason for people to start drinking at 7 a.m. Also known as the alcoholics who already start drinking at 7 a.m. if, every if other not day,
2: earlier. But okay. But this is their holiday. Yeah. There's already a reason for that. It's called being an adult. So, <laughs> I mean, but having
0: to deal with work. Yeah. And, yeah.
2: Basically, adult life is a nonstop series of surprise expenses.
1: I mean, yeah, I guess so. I try to look at it a little bit more positively than that. Um, but then again, you know, I just did get a new bed. So I feel like my my outlook on life has been a little bit more sunny this week. Well,
2: I'm, I'm knock on wood, I am super qualified so far for my next quarter bonus with only two weeks left. And you're going to help me pick out a bed.
1: I like how I just got...
2: Told to, you yeah.
1: that, uh, but anyway, so I got – apparently
0: I, now you're the bed expert. I, yeah. Well, I
1: am. I, I bought you done bed. some research. I, I bought. it. I did. I laid on like hundreds of beds. I, it took me like six hours. I went to three different stores. Laid on like like just so many beds. Ended up spending like a shit ton of money, but totally worth it. I I'm mean, not even that
2: picky, so it won't be that bad with me.
1: You're, you'll get a mattress that costs like three hundred dollars, and you'll be like, woo, because it'll yeah, be better I'm, than what you've been. I'm more on.
2: concerned about the frame than I am the you, mattress. So yeah. It, totally.
1: What I, I mean, it is what it is. But I got a Tempur Pedic. They're worth the money, folks. I mean, they're expensive, but seriously, like, and if you can afford the adjustable frame, you know what? A splurge. Treat, your, treat yourself.
0: <laughs> treat yourself
1: because these things are guaranteed for ten years. If you spend, you know, thousands of dollars on it, you have 10 and do the years. math. Divide
0: by ten, right. so it's not that bad.
1: It really isn't that bad. If you buy Starbucks every day, you can have a Tempur Pedic. You know what I mean? Like, get it together and get a nice bed. I've been sleeping pretty good, maybe not for very long, but I sleep so like I sleep so soundly when I'm asleep now that like I think I don't need as much sleep.
0: It's a thing. It's Which real. I'm
1: good with because I'm getting up earlier and I'm going to be like super productive. You might probably. start. Um, That's your
0: story. You're sticking to it.
1: I am hoping with all these <laughs> B12 shots and all the vitamins I've been taking, I've been feeling a little bit better, a little bit more lively. So, <laughs> and with this bed, I'm just like it's it's kind of like. Halfway it's like making me like more tired because I want to lay in it.
0: Well yeah.
2: And Aww.
1: then halfway it's making me like more awake because I when I do lay in it and I sleep, I sleep really good. So
2: I won't I won't I digress know. too much, but do you remember the B12 boy band episode from American Dad?
1: Oh my god, yes. That that's that's amazing.
2: <laughs> um if you haven't heard it, but you like uh, Seth MacFarlane's humor, look up uh, Shot of B12 on YouTube. You will not be disappointed.
1: <laughs> it's a good time. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so Mike's ha- uh, having a party tonight. It's going to be really fun. Um, I'm sure she would have invited all of you people if she could have, but, you know, <sighs> rooms. There's only so much room. And then she's got these two giant dogs that are like, they're so cute. But I
2: thought they had to give one away and they were down to No, one.
1: no, no. They still have Bruce. They still okay. have Bruce. Um, Bruce is a
2: great name for a dog, by the way, because it's, it's a people's name. It's a people's name. <laughs>
3: that's
1: right. Uh, so that's where I will be tonight. And I'm sure um, if you follow me on Facebook or Instagram um, or Snapchat, like, there will be things on there. Or you'll see
0: drunken photos later.
1: Uh, I'm not planning on drinking a whole lot because I have stuff that I got to, you know, do tomorrow. But – the good thing about being the most sober one in the room is that you get to take pictures of everybody else. And this like, is true. Or if, and if you get in a picture, like you look all good com- you know, compared to all the drunk people. So I'm like, I'm going to look really good in these photos tonight. It's sure. like a biased
2: study <laughs> or like yeah. a bell curve. I don't know. I mean, I have Math. to drink
1: some whiskey. Otherwise, like, I mean, it's not Saturday or, night. Or the terrorists win. They, of course. <laughs> we can't have that. We can't have that. Uh, so that's what we'll be doing tonight. And that is why Megan is not here and Shim is stepping in again. Uh, for this amazing, amazing show we have. Um, also before we get started on, um, you know, onto our topics, I wanted to remind everybody that Saturday, March 24th at Old Shillelagh in downtown Detroit, uh, Shot of History will be doing um, our live uh, second year anniversary or two-year anniversary event um, from 2 to 6 on um, upstairs at Old Shillelagh. So um, we're going to have um, like some shot glasses for everybody who comes in. And then I'm actually going to be doing uh, – the first two people that walk through the door that aren't like my friends are going to get a copy of our book for free. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah, I just I have a couple extra and I was like, you know, it'd be really cool to just like give these to some random people. So the first two people that show up for the event, not just because they're there at the bar, like you have to be, show up to the event. You have to care about history, man. But if I don't know you and you show up, then I will give you the first two people will get a free book. So uh that's two to six, March 24th, Old Shillelagh. 2 to 6 p.m.
0: And rumor has it that as, as penance, um, uh, a, a certain network you're on may or may not be be covering drinks for a little while. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> In order to get the old chilele people to forgive me for all of the nonsense that went back and forth getting this scheduled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, we, we
1: do appreciate um, old Lee for letting us uh, invade their bar for a few hours luckily it's during the day hopefully it doesn't interfere too much with their with with what they have going on but we really do appreciate it it's a great bar you know ton of fun mikey was there good
0: luck getting within a square mile
2: of it today oh yeah yeah what what do they have for food do they have like a grill
1: do they have food there? okay i didn't i didn't remember i've only been
2: that that's that's good news for people to know i think because oh we got drunk if if i'm gonna get stuck in a bar i want food well, there you go. There's going to be yeah. food people. Oh, yeah, there
0: was a whole, yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of drinking that went on last year.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to probably pull that back a little bit this year. We learned. See, you <laughs> How know, you
0: say that? You, you, I was going to say, you say that now. <laughs>
1: well, right now with my vitamin deficiency, I get drunk way faster. So it's like two or three drinks and I'm like, whoa. Whereas before it'd be like six, seven, eight drinks. Right. And then I'd be like, whoa. But so, so
2: Stephanie, alcohol is not a vitamin. I know it's not. Okay, just making sure. I wasn't
1: implying that it was. You
2: were alcohol deficient? So you... Never mind. You are not go, funny. Go away. No,
1: I'm vitamin deficient. And because of that, I'm... Yeah,
2: a- you need a shot of B12. Oh Girl, God. I know you do.
1: Mm, anyway.
2: Full circle. We're,
1: we're just going to squash that conversation. I'm fine. I'm just a cheap date now. Um. So yeah, come join us next Saturday It'll be sweet. Um, and speaking of weekend stuff, last weekend Dave and I were Nothing's at the uh, past Fant- does
2: not exist.
1: We were at Fantasticon Toledo. We were and home uh, of the walleye. Uh, yeah, apparently I did not know that, but <laughs> but you learn things, you know, uh. <laughs> as you did. Um, so podcast Detroit was down there. I had a table down there because you know comic book writer, whatever, and uh, it was pretty great. It was a pretty great show. It Was really busy. You
0: were you were pretty cranky. Well, let's be honest. You were pretty cranky for like the first three hours. Of the first days.
1: day. Yes, I was. I'm not going to get into why. Because <laughs> why? I'm not getting into it. I just
3: said well, that. Well, you
0: brought it up. I well, no, did, cause no just,
3: he, I didn't.
0: No, did. I did. And oh. it's just because it's just it was slow <laughs> and people were not making their way by her table. And then all of a sudden, like she went, like uh, it's it's amazing how this happens. Like, so it, it was hilarious. She gets like just an infusion of like people at her booth buying shit, and suddenly she is the happiest <laughs> little bunny you've ever seen in your life. Well,
1: because it, it's not <laughs> just because people were buying stuff. Like it, it's because well, I'm not a morning person, which we all know. No, I know. I, that
2: Tempur-Pedic.
1: What, the, I didn't have the Tempurpedic Aww. yet. This is a week ago. Aww. I just got the Tempur-Pedic like gotcha. four days, okay. four days ago. Um. So I ended up selling out of everything, um, except for I only sold one of two books of yours, Jason, that Aww. I brought. But I sold one.
2: Aww. Oh. speaking of which, I Yay. forgot to bring that money for you. Oh, and I brought the change you said you requested, too.
1: You should have reminded me. I didn't I don't carry well, cash. Well, luckily you.
2: for you, I decided to buy gas anyway or else I wouldn't be making it home. Thank you very much You're because welcome. I will leave my car stranded somewhere before I will pay credit for gas because that extra 10 cents a gallon is ridiculous.
1: I can. I just okay. I sold one of your books. Wait, how thank old you? are you?
0: I don't know. He's eighty five. I right? was gonna say, like, your inner eighty seven year old just totally yeah, came yeah, out. Yeah, he sounded
1: like
2: an old man. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fine. i will yeah. be damned if I'm gonna get run by the system.
2: For- <laughs> so, so, how did you con someone into buying one of my books? I mean, good job, thanks. Um, I
1: was, I honestly, I was just talking to people all day, and um, I had you know several, several people ask me about it, and you know, I just basically explained. I was like, it's like a young adult novel. Um, that's kind of like Akira with lesbian psychics.
2: Cool beans.
1: That it, and I was like government conspiracies. Blam! People getting killed. Blam! Like just did you, you know. say
2: blam and extend your hand like that? Yeah. And I think how pow and thwack, she used them, all of them. All
1: of the sound effects. <laughs> and there's like there's
2: lots of mind bullets in that book.
1: There is, and well, it's a, it's a really good book, and I mean I love it. I, it's I try to like come up with like a short clip for that one because even though I've read the entire thing, it's I don't know, it's hard enough to pitch my own stuff. Let I feel alone like
0: the short clip. Is. I feel like the short clip is Lesbian Psychics. I, yeah. I feel like that's the short Well, like no, I, I,
2: when people ask me lesbians. what it's about, I say, do you want the long version or the short version? The short version is Lesbian Psychics. There we go. The long version is, well, there's a government conspiracy and blah, 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 and I get into the actual storyline because there is an actual storyline. Right.
1: Lesbian Psychics is just like a, the clincher, and then yeah. the story's actually really good. So,
4: yeah.
1: Um, But yeah, I ended up selling out of everything, and um, this- including including the last DVD copy that I owned of uh, UFO, the Otis No. Side. Way. all
3: right marty
1: bought it and uh i was like holy crap i was like I, I've, I've had that thing since motor city last year oh, yeah. i sold every other copy i had except for that one so i've been carrying that around since may of last year to every convention i've done that one copy and nobody has bought it marty has relieved me of the last ufo
2: sweet you know it's the- gone now at that last con I was with you, I tried to uh, sell it to people that are in it because that's the things that I think are funny.
1: <laughs> he amuses himself in very strange ways. Yeah.
2: Oh, uh, um, did want to cut in? Well, not cut in, but sorry. Wait. Um, speaking of um, – you sold out of everything. Would that include the copies you had of our wonderful short story book Secrets Best Cap? Uh
1: yes, I sold out of Secrets Best Cap and I sold out of uh issues 1, 2 and 3 of Psychopath. Issue 3 just came out um like uh about a month and a half ago. So um
2: Fantastic.
1: Yeah, so people people were really digging horror down in Toledo. Um I know K- Casey was sitting like kind of kitty cornered to me and I know she was doing really well and she, you know, has horror and sci-fi. Um but yeah, there's a lot of people uh a lot of people ended up coming by, and so anyway, th- th- back to the reason for the crab. We got we kind of we skirted around that. I'm not a morning person. I had had my coffee, but I wasn't quite awake yet. And those first couple of hours that we were open from like ten to twelve, like there was really nobody coming back around. No, to our like back because we, you know, we were all the way in the back area by where they do the um, panels and all that, which stuff. which
0: I was perfectly fine with, especially on Sunday morning because I'm fairly certain I made it to the con floor still legally drunk. Oh my God. Well, I I believe that. I am so glad I
1: did not stay out on Saturday night, but we'll get, we'll get to that in a moment. So anyway, yeah, it was just kind of dead. And it was, I get discouraged, especially like when I'm tired, my mood's really not that great. So I get discouraged and I was like, I really, I really just wanted to have a good convention and Toledo has always been good to me. So I shouldn't have doubted. Um, you know, once I came back, I went out and had a cigarette with Dave, kind of vented on him, like what I was, what I was feeling, came back in and I ended up selling out almost all of my comics. I had four comics left for Sunday, three, I had three comics, three of each issue left and three copies of secrets best kept. So, I mean, I sold a lot on Saturday. So I was like, Sunday was a pretty easy day.
2: (laughs) You know, um, you know what makes me cranky? What colloquialisms I don't agree with, do you know some people say catty corner what yeah, um, no, yeah, they That's do. not a thing okay well, those, anyway though, those people would be um, wrong
3: <laughs> right.
2: or or pyjamas
1: pyjamas I think
2: you're, I think your cousins used to say pyjamas no, oh, no, it was my pillows oh no, co- that was my my yeah.
1: cousins said pillows and they said milk
2: I say milk, I say iron, and I say egg. So uh, there is a little bit of Michigan irritation in in how I speak, but but Pelo, come on.
1: (laughs) Everybody has their thing. Okay. Um but yeah, so uh, every year at Toledo there's this big karaoke competition and it's like we, everybody talks it up like all year. It's like this big thing.
0: One well, if you've seen the pics, this is why we have Podcast Detroit wrestling belts.
1: Uh, yeah, oh my god. Seriously, <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: like I was sitting at the table with Dave and you know Tulio and um I think Mike was there. Yep. Um you know and Bob. Dave brings over the belt and I was like I'll see you later. And I just walked away. You were like, I'm, I'm done now. Yeah. And I walked over to a different table. Cause I just can't with the ridiculousness of the, sh- the shit talking and the belts. Like it's cool. People are having fun, but it's just not my scene.
2: Was it going to be choke slams? Uh, no, there, there almost was. Oh,
1: I, I mean, <laughs> I, mean it, I stayed for a little bit of it. It was goofy. And then I went up to my room and went to bed before midnight. Now, Dave, on the other hand, we all know Dave,
0: I, we all, we I, all know. How I ridiculous. got lost in an Uber in Toledo. <laughs> that happened
1: You got lost
0: Well I didn't really got lost But apparently I, I got into the wrong Uber
2: oh. oh dear And
0: so he took me for a lap around the block Before he went You're not Brandon are you And I went ah. No And then he dropped me off and, and so then I had to call Bob and be like, dude, I, I don't know where I am. And it turned out I was just a block away and <laughs> Tulio came running and gathered me up and Aww, life was good. Tulio. <laughs> He's such
1: a sweetheart. <laughs> he gathered you up. He did.
0: He He, got, he, he led me back into the flock. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, God. So Fladdled. yeah, I, I missed uh, a bunch of. People getting sh- shitty drunk, apparently.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. There were a lot of shots. There were three more bars. Uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was a good oh time, it was only Three. <laughs> well, we didn't leave the hotel bar till midnight. I was
1: going to say, I think it went till about midnight. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, yeah. Three bars in two hours, not bad
1: after they'd already been drinking since, like, nine, 8 or 9 o'clock. It was 9 o'clock. They, yeah. Yeah, you guys had started. The, I, oh, no, early
0: cause, earlier because well, we were at the hockey game.
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah, the hockey game. That Okay, yeah. So there's a lot of drinking in his. And I only had two glasses of wine, and then I went to bed. And
3: now I feel like you're judging. No. <laughs> I'm just proud of me because
1: normally I would stay and drink and not care if I was hungover, but I'm trying to, like
3: – Be
0: all professional.
1: Well, because you know what? It's – it's bad enough getting up early in the morning. I'm not a morning person. So I figure, like, if I drink and I feel like crap, it's my, I'm doing that to myself. This is true. And I don't want to do that on con weekends. Like, if I don't have shit to do the next day, sure, I'll get a little drunk. And if I feel a little crappy the next day, no big deal. I'll sleep and eat some cheeseburgers and I'll be fine. But,
0: or you just take my approach, which is just wake up and still be drunk.
1: Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. It's not. I don't like that at all. Um, yeah,
2: and then you drink wine and play Xenoblade Chronicles and do the dishes, and then you go to work when you're a little less drunk.
0: <laughs> right.
2: So, I mean, Fantastic Hour <laughs> was great. Uh, we yeah. did a Tales from the Con side there.
1: We did. Episode two.
0: Great chat with Mike Zapsig.
1: Mm-hmm. Dave did most of the talking I was pretty tired and Dave has all the questions anyway like he asked everything I would have asked so
0: well Mike's like my new best friend so yeah, I like, know. He? He's, he's, he's gonna replace Bob
1: I, I was waiting for you guys to like hold hands and like skip up and down the. <laughs> oh,
2: <laughs> and, and maybe some surprise sodomy maybe some
1: surprise sodomy I don't know I don't know about all that but I mean it's it, it's a surprise so <laughs> yeah you it never know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was cute
0: that was fun. We had a good time.
1: That was adorable. Yeah. So, um, if you ever get a chance to go, uh, to Fantastic on Toledo, it, it's a good time. It's at the Seagate Convention Center. It's usually the first or second weekend of March. And, um, it's a lot of fun. Tickets are like super reasonable and.
0: Oh, it's a um, super cheap show to get into. Yeah.
1: And there's great vendors. Everybody's really cool and you will find, um, a lot of the. A lot of more well-known indie creators will be there because yep. everybody loves going to Toledo. So, like, Dan Doherty is there. You know, Seth DeMoose is there. Of course, Dirk Manning's there. Um, you know, so we, you have like a lot of, um, indie books to pick from. So if you're into that kind of thing, definitely support, uh, this convention. It's, it, it's one of my favorites of the year. So.
0: And plus the after parties.
1: Well, the after parties at <laughs> Cherry Capital top this to me. You'll see this year if you're going.
0: All right. Yeah. Skeptical Dave is skeptical.
1: Well, you'll see. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. The drink and draw for Cherry Capital is, is Friday night. Okay. So it's the first night. And then the second night is usually like the um, karaoke slash uh, silent auction. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Do you fun. get to
0: bid on what people are forced to sing?
1: No, they have <laughs> art that people drew at the drink and draw from the night before, oh. and all the money goes to charity. Um, so there's like, in, and there's a lot of really talented people. They have a really good lineup this year. Uh, that's going to be a really fun. One that's the it's Memorial Day weekend in May up in Traverse City. Cool. Uh. So anyway, <laughs> last night was apparently like the night to catch up on like DC movies because yeah, we Dave and I unknowingly both watched Justice League. Uh, like separately at our own yeah. homes and for the i mean it's been out forever ish ish i mean not forever but like you know in, in the way that i
0: long enough that people have seen it
2: okay right let me ask one question what was it better than super friends the old hanna barbera justice league no
0: because you... aquaman did not show up on a giant purple seahorse Which... and i was so you know... cranky
1: he was so underutilized, man. Like, I wanted to see him with, like, a, some kind of a sea creature somehow, or, like.
2: Okay. I mean, um, he was barely hey, in the movie. Um, I'm going to guess that most of it was on land, right? Well, there was. Parts there of you it, go. No,
1: there. Like, <laughs> he went to go visit him in a place that had. He a went to Atlantis. Water.
2: Well, that's why he's they getting his own movie. His movie's next, it's the Aquaman movie. Yes
1: you know and then the, the water breaks through cuz they're under the, the they're in a tunnel that's under some water in New York or Gotham or wherever the hell it is yeah it's in yeah. Gotham so at that like, point yeah yeah and then you know, i just would have liked to have seen it Gotham
2: and, and Metropolis are both basically they're, New, York. New York yeah, yeah. there
0: was very little difference to me between Aquaman in this movie and uh Keanu Reeves' character in Point Break
3: Kind of, (laughs) except
1: for I mean, let's I mean, Jason Momoa is way hotter than Keanu Reeves. I'm sorry,
0: well I know, but he could have just like one whoa, and that would have been it would have been Keanu Reeves. (laughs) Oh my god, that
1: one liner that was toward the end during the fight that he did was so horrible. Um, oh god, I can't remember. Like I'll I'll have to look it up. It was really bad. It was Jason Momoa's one liner. He's like standing there next to like. Uh, cyborg or the Flash? I yeah, can't remember? And he just hit, he said two words, and it was just so corny. He, oh, he said "right on." Oh yeah, <laughs> right see, right on. And I'm I like, told you,
2: yeah. Are That's you, how Aquaman a talks. Hippie?
1: Yeah, fucking hippie. Fucking hippie?
2: <laughs> okay. Um, question: Who is the bad guy in this? Because I really don't know anything <laughs> the about
1: the band,
0: it. Uh, the '70s band Steppenwolf.
1: Yes, <laughs> it's Steppenwolf, and they didn't do a great. They they didn't they described it enough, but I would have liked a little bit more detail. And basically, this is DC's Infinity Wars because it's like the mother boxes. There's three mother boxes. Oh, they're
2: jumping right in. Basically, they're not going to waste time because they have to play catch with the Marvel.
1: Well, and it, it's a two hour movie, so it's a pretty long movie.
2: Oh, it's two and a half. Um. Oh
1: yeah, that's right. Is it's Lex Luthor
2: in it? Please say no.
1: No, there's no. Oh, no. Lex
2: Thank Luther. God. Well, he is
0: in the end credits after trailer. Oh, of course, he is.
1: Oh, I didn't watch that. Oh,
0: he should have.
2: Eh. Any any hints for uh, there, were, there were
0: two there were two cute things in the in the uh, I'm sure in I can just credits. go on
2: YouTube and, and you probably can them. any any hints no. for like uh, Brainiac or anything which is one of the coolest villains ever with like the worst name ever no. Darn. Okay, I was really hoping.
0: No, don't think so. Yeah. So yeah, they didn't really get into Dark Side. They didn't really get into mm-hmm. you know the the Steppenwolf backstory and all that kind of stuff. Which you know, and and I get it. The movie's already two and a half hours long. It is what it is. Right. Um, I, I did. Uh, I I loved all the character interaction. I, I, I people gave the movie crap because of the little cheesy one off throw liner throwaway liners. I I thought they were mostly funny. Like I loved the whole so you you talk to fish. Like that literally made me laugh out loud.
2: That you have to acknowledge of... it. You have to acknowledge it because, on paper, he's like the worst superhero ever. Uh,
1: right, but like that kind of stuff, I thought was fine. The only issue that I had was like the one or one or two word one liners they did towards yeah. the end in the battle. There was just they threw like five or six of them in so close together, and it was like right on. Good job. Yeah, so, you know, it was just like wow. Shut up and fucking fight this yeah. guy. Like don't right on. Like <laughs> stop, Man. What, what's
0: your superpower? I'm I'm rich. <laughs> that was
1: beautiful. I clap. We all know that to be the truth. He has That's why I love Batman is because he has no superpowers. He's just rich and can buy all the things. Yeah. You
2: know, was he? Was he good in this? Because that's the part that I liked I, out of Batman vs Superman was actually Ben Affleck.
1: I enjoyed uh, Batfleck.
2: I was to say lot. Batfleck did did well.
1: I, I enjoyed him. This is the first time I've enjoyed him in a movie in a really long time. And you know who I thought was horrible was Superman.
2: Oh no, that dude. I thought
1: he he. Is a sociopath. He creeps me out, and the chemistry between him and Amy Adams it's is non-existent. It's it's, it's flat. Yeah. It,
0: it's very episode one. You and McGregor oh, green screen. Yeah, it's,
1: it's fucking terrible. And Lois Lane is the this version of Lois Lane is the worst version. She is so not even her own person. It's like she can't be happy or exist without Superman.
2: And you know she's a very. Grow up. She was she's a very strong <laughs> independent character to the point where like she. I mean, even in the old comics, yeah, they did the whole damsel in distress thing all the time with her, but it was because she was headstrong and got herself into trouble. She ran off on her own to do her own thing, like, all the yeah. time. But, I mean, somebody you love
0: dies. You're going to go into a funk for a while. It, no, it's
1: not about the funk. It was the line that, like, when they go back to the house and they're standing in the field. And yeah. She's like, she's like, you would have been so disappointed in me. <laughs> Shut up. He's alive. Get your shit together. <laughs> Oh. go go in the back and fuck or do whatever the fuck it is you <laughs> need to do to cheer the fuck up.
2: Speaking
3: get
1: some, get some chemistry going. Speaking that, of that. That part. I'm not done yet. Okay, don't do Um but yeah, like that was what bothered me. I mean, yeah, you're gonna be sad, but I just felt like that was we've got we've got Wonder Woman in this film who is so strong and so like she brings Well,
0: there's only room for one strong female character. Apparently there's only one.
1: Like there were a couple little things with the movie, but these like, I I'm I'm not using these to say like the movie wasn't good because I really did. Well, I thought it was it. great. Um, I just felt like those couple things were like, but yeah, Superman. He, I feel like he murders people. I don't know the, the actor's name. He is creepy. I there's something well, going on
0: there, and I well, and I do, I, and actually, I kind of appreciated it. Like I, I thought they did a a decent job about you know like, I, like and again the flash basically was comic relief mm. throughout the entire movie god bless that character um, he was
1: my favorite he was a huge dork oh yeah i and i i, I loves me some nerds obviously oh, oh yeah
0: and like and uh, to the socially awkward nth degree uh you know and the whole you know referencing pet cemetery you know when you're bringing somebody <laughs> back from your dead and all that kind of nonsense. It, was, it, it did a great job and and they i feel like that could have been probably explored a little bit more or, or gone into a little bit, but again, you're already at two and a half hours. I get it. Um, because yeah, I mean, it was, he doesn't know who he is and I mean, okay. I mean, you want to do a strong female character, you know, okay. He doesn't know who he is until his little chick shows up and suddenly that's the trigger that brings him
2: back.
3: Martha, (sighs) Martha. It's
2: basically a Martha moment. Oh God. But that, that's what I want to know about too, because, um, and and it was an attempt to bring or keep fans there, bring in more fans, and to reinvent the character because it was getting stale. But you know, back in the nineties, the Death and Life of Superman was like a huge DC event, and and this movie series like got to the death part really quickly. Like, oh yeah. And like in the comics, there was like this whole after thing where there was like, "Is this guy Superman?" Or, Is this oh, guy I would have loved. Yeah, with the, there was or, the like, guy in the metal the, suit. Yeah, there was and like the, guy, the yep. robot or like the, 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 the guy in the suit. There was the Superboy. There was the clone, and it's like uh-huh. which one's the real one? And then uh, Superman's actually an energy being for a little while, and all of a sudden he gets his shit together, and it's just Superman again. So like, how much <laughs> of that did they gloss over? Was it just like? Hey, oh, there was back, none of that. Back, there was guys. there was none of
1: that. It was like he didn't know who he so was. Probably for, for the best. Yeah, and he fought you know the group they all try to stop him nobody can stop him and like the one moment that i really liked was when the flash realized that superman could like keep, keep up, up with him, him. Yeah. cuz he's not used to that so i love that little moment so
2: basically the flash his powers aren't unique at all then
1: not well i mean apparently superman it's still better
2: than black widow uh, what's your superpower kicking
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm not a fan of black widow well no, so
0: and that was that was one of the all. that was one of the cute uh end credit things was uh <laughs> the flash and superman out in the middle, uh, a big dirt road, uh, middle of nowhere, and they're clearly going to race. And there's a little banter back that's and forth cool. between that. I can take that. So, I mean, it was, it, like I said, I mean, I, I that that's one of the things I actually liked about it. Henry Cavill. It. Yes.
2: That's the act of the place Henry Superman. Cavill. Yep.
0: So, like, honestly, that was one of the things I liked, is that it's not trying to be... It's not it's not trying to be all superhero all the time like it shows the people side of them. And then, you know, so no, not so much Brainiac. But the one thing that they did get into that final end credit scene, um, the next movie I'm assuming is Legion of Doom.
2: Sweet,
0: uh, because that's—I mean—could be sweet. Yeah, a lot of
2: good characters here. I mean, they can toot- totally screw it up like they did with Suicide Squad or right. anything where you have too big of a cast. But that could be really sweet. I just,
0: I just want that Manta guy, the Manta Ray guy. Yeah, that I want Solomon awesome.
2: Grundy to just say, "I'm Solomon Grundy." I'm Solomon Grundy. Ugh. Sorry. And that, like, Solomon that knockoff Catwoman, that like cheetah chick? No, not cheetah. Her. Yeah. I don't really want her, but maybe.
1: <laughs> well, wait, wait. What's her name?
2: It, I don't know. It's like Cheetah or something. It's just a, I don't I was like, know. Chitara it, was in the Thundercats. No, no. So, a, yeah. l- a lot of my actual Legion of Doom experience comes from Superfriends, and they made up some of the characters. So I'm a little muddled, to be fair.
1: Okay. Well, I don't know. There's a lot about um, comics like that. Uh, I it don't was know. Cheetah.
2: So. It was
0: Cheetah. All right. And and Giganta.
2: Yeah, Giganta, okay. So it was
0: Lex Luthor, Bizarro, Black Manta, Brainiac, Captain Cold, Cheetah, Giganta, Gorilla Grodd, who I totally forgot.
2: Oh, I love Gorilla Grodd.
0: Uh, the Riddler, Grodd. Scarecrow, Sinestro, I always liked him, yeah. uh, Solomon Grundy, and Toy Man.
1: Yeah, see, I, I don't know any of this. I the have nothing. To of con- doom. Uh, yeah, I've got nothing to contribute to this <laughs> at all. So uh, moving on, uh, I also recently saw... Thor Ragnarok I know like I'm so behind I know everybody's already talked about these movies to death and and
0: that's next on my list
1: yeah um well so I won't neither one of you have seen it but I do want to say a lot of people had a gripe with the comedy and personally I thought it was awesome I liked the comedy I thought that it fit with the entire vibe of the movie um and especially um it's the guy the guy who uh did this film is the guy who wrote, um, and starred in What We Do in the Shadows. I mean, this guy. Okay. Really? Yeah. He's, uh, okay. I don't, I can never pronounce his name right. I'm going to Google it while we're talking. Um, but he's, I mean, he writes funny stuff. He's a very funny guy. And to put him in at the helm of a movie like this and not expect him to be throwing in this type of humor is ludicrous. So I don't know what people were expecting when they saw that he was directing because this is exactly what I expected. Director? I guess,
0: the director? Yeah, I think. Uh, he... J- Jermaine Clement. Oh no,
1: no, no! The writer, writer,
0: uh, writer. Uh, ta- ta- he... Taiki Taiko Waititi.
1: Yeah, him. He's um, he's amazing. He's so funny, and he actually voices one of the um, uh characters that are that Thor meets inside of like the Coliseum where he's got to fight, you know, other people because he he winds up getting dumped into this place where you get dumped if the um. You get dumped. When, when you get dumped, it's where you end up. No, the uh, what do you call it? The
2: the friend zone. Speaking, speaking of getting dumped, Natalie Portman's not in these movies anymore, is she?
1: No, she she was in the second one. Oh, okay, but um, I, I she just after that, no, just
2: disappeared. No one cares. That's yeah, fine. no, no one cares. I mean the too second, many characters.
1: The second movie was okay. The first one was I really like the first one. The second one was okay. This one I thought was really funny. Um, I don't want to ruin it because neither one of you guys have seen it, but oh. um.
2: Um, I think I think maybe people just weren't expecting a comedy because you literally have a Marvel movie where the main character is played by Paul Rudd. I I think they were just kind of expecting that was going to be the comedy piece, and they weren't expecting it from the Thor. I think that's kind of cute, honestly, that they would you know the big cheesy you know Nordic dude is going to be like in a comedy oh, action movie. It
1: starts right away, and it is just like I just loved it, and you know um. Oh, what's his face we were just talking about him outside uh the fly oh jeff goldblum yes jeff goldblum sorry the, the
2: fly that was your first pick i like that i
1: love that movie it was so creepy i could have gone are like, easy or jurassic like, park yeah i would have
2: gone like ian malcolm first but you went for the yeah. fly
1: i went for the fly That's... how very
2: cronenberg of you i know
1: well you know yeah. i like to cronenberg it up every yeah. now and
3: again
1: <laughs> um but yeah he was great in it and uh he's apparently doing some big comic convention um and I don't think he's, I don't know if he's ever done a comic convention. Wait,
2: I'm confused now. Jeff Goldblum or Thor?
1: Uh, Jeff Goldblum. Okay.
0: That's okay. You know who I just found out? I'm totally going to sidebar for a sec. You know who I just
2: found out is at Motor City this year?
1: Who?
3: Inconceivable.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's, he's awesome. He's funny.
2: I used to work with a girl who looked like him. That's unfortunate. <laughs> That's all I'll say.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. He is going to be at Silicon Valley Comic Con, which is, um, has that already happened? I don't even know. I, I can't keep track of all the comic conventions, but yeah, like it's, it's a glut of
2: them. Well, yeah, there's no so offense.
1: many. Um, but yeah, so apparently he's April 6th through 8th. So it hasn't happened yet. So if you want to uh, meet him, you know, and pay for his autograph, I'm pretty sure it's going to be expensive. I mean, he's been around doing movies since like 70s, <sighs> early 80s. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he's
2: not all of them good.
1: Yeah. Enough no, just them, kidding.
2: All of them are excellent. I it's Jeff Goldblum.
1: Enough of them were good. I mean, even Earth Girls Are Easy was good, and it was terrible. I love that movie. Well, him and his. uh <laughs> What was uh, so what? Uh, him
2: and the the Gina Davis trilogy from when they were like married. Uh, Transylvania
1: were, like, six five thousand is one of my other. Oh my favorites. god, that's yeah. amazing! It's such a great movie, and like I have a huge, huge, huge crush on Gina Davis. Like, even though she's really not my type at all, because she's like so skinny, it looks like it looks like it hurts to walk. But I just love her. I think she's got really great comedic timing. And she's in one of my favorite movies of all time, The Long Kiss Goodnight with Samuel L. Jackson, which has the second best soundtrack of any movie ever. If you get a chance to check it out, it's really, really good.
0: Our Atomic Blonde is way up there. If you haven't checked that out yet. The soundtrack? The soundtrack is amazing.
1: Well, I, I mean, I saw the movie. I liked the movie. and the, But from what I could tell, the music seemed cool. But, like, I know I haven't checked out the soundtrack yet. I'll have to – I'll have to get, dig in and, and check it out. but So, yeah, a lot of people had problems with the comedy. Personally, I liked it. I think that people, you know, you either are into, like, the jokey back and forth and, like, you know, or you're not. And that's fine. The world's too serious. I need to laugh. Mm-hmm. Let me have my fucking laughs, okay?
2: <laughs> if you want a more serious take on Norse mythology, um, the next God of War game, Kratos murders them all because he ran out of uh, – Greek gods to kill. So you got that to look forward to. Woo. Woo. I know, Whee. right? Yay. <laughs> um, and this has been in the news a lot
1: Um, just this week. I'm sorry. I'm eating a a meal replacement bar. Yeah, I'm really hungry. It tastes like cookies and cream. It's almost like eating candy. But it's really good.
2: Well, it's a candy bar. <laughs> I can see it. That's a candy bar. It's
1: an Atkins bar?
2: <laughs> yeah, an it's Atkins candy. candy bar. Whatever. Anyway, what's in the news a lot?
1: Toys R Us is uh, closing all of their U.S. stores.
2: Well, they kind of suck now, to be honest. Last few times I've been in one, they've like had nothing.
0: They have for a a while, actually. They've always been wildly overpriced. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, they they really truly failed to adapt to the changing market entirely. Mm -hmm.
1: I agree. And, you know, the la- I've been in there a couple of times, I think in the last few years, just to pick up stuff for like little kids. Right. For like, you know, they want the certain toy or whatever. Uh-huh. And There's one right by my house. So Christmas shopping, whatever. But see, the- okay. So everybody's on social media and they're like, oh my God, Toys R Us is closing. I want to be a Toys R Us kid still. Bl- None of these people shop there. That's Ever. why it's closing. Exactly. Yeah. Stop.
0: Sort just of like stop if- it. If you had gone to see Robin Williams movies, maybe he wouldn't have been so depressed.
1: Exactly.
3: No. <laughs> we're not getting into that. We're
1: not getting into that because that, that's a whole, it's a whole other thing. But what I'm telling you is like people are complaining about it, but it's like you never supported the store. You didn't go there. You like the idea of Toys R Us because when you were a kid uh-huh. in like the eighties and nineties, it was kind of like your jam. But as an adult, you have not supported it. You have not put your money into it, so of course they're closing. Well,
0: let's be honest. It, it is the retail store version of SpaghettiOs.
2: It, it is not quite as good as you remember. <laughs> um, and, and honestly, more adults would actually support it if Legos weren't way too expensive. They
1: have a great Lego aisle, but yeah, Legos are really expensive. Yeah, like you, any any the piece with
2: over <laughs> like 25 pe- – any set with like over 25 pieces in it is like a $100. bucks. they – and and a, adults love still love everyone loves Legos like you you kind of yeah. I mean unless you don't have time or you lost your soul you don't completely grow out of Legos. Well,
1: and you don't completely grow out of toys. Like I I've gone there for myself to pick up like board games because right. you know we're having a game night. I need a new game, whatever. Um, you know I haven't been the biggest supporter of Toys R Us. Every time I've gone there, the store disorganized, the staff mm-hmm. nowhere to be seen. Um. It just it was. I've never had a good experience there in the last. It's you know,
0: Kmart years. syndrome.
1: Right, and then so you know everybody's complaining about it, and I get it. It's fine to be nostalgic, but like you, you, the reality of it is, the world we live in is not. Toys R Us isn't going to survive. Nope. and you the people who are complaining about it going under or being sad about it are also the people that didn't support it and keep it. You know, keep it um you know keep it afloat so and then they're also giving bonuses to the people at the top oh of course so they're they're closing down all these different you know all the stores and they have all of these people working there and they're getting like millions of dollars in bonuses to the people at the top
2: yeah well yeah no that that's one of these uh corporate scams is you know once a company starts to liquidate and uh you know start shedding off uh excess weight the only people that or they actually will if there's any money in it at all they funnel it all upwards You know, so the people who kind of put the play, who put the business in that place in the first place still get rewarded for it for some reason.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm looking at just like a little article because I couldn't remember exactly the, the amount, but so, uh, the Toys R Us wins, um, the okay to pay $16 million in executive
2: bonuses. Whoops! Hey, this is Google Home Mini.
1: That's my computer talking to you. Yeah, uh-huh. good, good
2: job turning the volume down there. It,
1: it's been off. I don't know why it just turned on. That's because it's showing it's off right. You there. You have a virus. <laughs> it's a ghost computer.
2: It's well, yeah. They,
0: well, God, did you see the things about the uh, apparently Amazon Alexas?
2: Oh, I saw a whole article about that today. It was are amazing. just
0: randomly maniacally laughing? Yeah, for no they're reason.
2: Laughing, <laughs> they're telling, they're yes. telling people. To shut up, like they're doing. Th- I
1: need one. Next. Oh yeah, like
0: at three in the morning, just weird laughter echoing through your
2: house.
1: Whoever thought of this is my new best friend. What I if need to find Alexa them.
2: thought of it though?
1: Alexa didn't think of it. I Where, know. This is not the AI that don't that learned its own language, so it can only talk to itself. Oh yeah that. That so. oh yeah,
2: that was hilarious. yeah, that was Google.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. So but anyway, yeah, so you know, they're giving 16 million in bonuses to these the executives and then we've got, you know, all of these people that are out of jobs. And, you know, it it just it makes me sad because I mean, that's the way the world works. I know this, you know, I, I'm not naive, but I feel like it's so rotten and so shitty. To put all these people out of work and you're taking millions of dollars.
2: I know they could just give them severance packages, even if it's a little bit, give it to the people who, who actually worked at the stores and had to suffer through. Cause like you, you, you mentioned like sucks. the Kmart thing. Yeah, but not just that. You mentioned like the Kmart thing. Like I've read all these articles. I've seen it firsthand. When these stores start to get to the point where they're past, where they're past the point of no return, not only is there like a complete breakdown in like the supply chain, but the people, who work there are the ones that all that weight gets put on from the people up above who are, who are pissed at them because you're not selling stuff even though we're not, we don't have money to actually give you the products and then mm-hmm. the people who come in that are mad because the store is a mess and they don't have anything they want.
1: And they're also complaining because things aren't um, on like, sale yet, like yep. the closing sale prices and it's like, dude.
2: Oh yeah, no,
0: because from what I understand, because I actually have a friend that uh, left a job uh, not three months ago to go become a a manager at a Toys R Us store. Oh no. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh and so according to him it's like the normal it's normal operations for 60 days. Mm-hmm. Uh and and then there uh then the slash and burn begins.
1: Well and and people are just so so <laughs> They're just such selfish assholes. They don't care about these people losing. Their- why? Are, why is your stuff not on sale yet? It's like, bro, they just announced this like a couple days ago. Can you chill? I've
0: been sitting in traffic for like twenty minutes. Why can't I see a body part when I get up there?
1: Uh, right. <laughs> it's pretty much that same that same thing. <laughs> okay, you know, that
2: took me a sack, but I got <laughs> it. Yeah. Okay. Um.
1: You know, so it's ushering the new era, but I mean, we live in the era of Amazon. Amazon uh-huh. owns and like I I'm a I use Amazon all the time. I literally buy. I mean, I've bought. Food. I've bought coffee. I've bought like, there's all kinds of things that I've bought off Amazon that I never thought that I would, but I have Prime, so it's free shipping. I get Uh everything Uh in two days. And they have great customer service. They have, they have done a lot for me because I've had some issues and they've fixed everything immediately with no problem.
2: Yeah, me too. Um, and that's actually on my to-do list this weekend is to, um, go through and pre-order my upcoming media. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah,
1: like, I, do, I do everything like that through um through Amazon, unless it's something that I absolutely feel like I have to have right away, which <laughs> – this is just a really quick side note. and You guys don't really care. But I went to Sephora earlier today because Too Faced has a new palette out, like an eyeshadow palette, and it's called a Life's a Festival. And it has a unicorn on it, and it's pink. And the eyeshadows are all glittery, and then they have this unicorn highlighter, which is what the main reason I'm getting it because I don't really wear eyeshadow. So – there's two eyeshadows I will wear. Sweetie. I have
0: never seen this hyper girly
2: side of you. Wait, you ever. went there today? <laughs> I went there. I woke up at 8. Okay, are you wearing it now? No. Then why did you need to go to the store? You could have just ordered it and had it tomorrow.
1: No. <laughs> well, this is what happened. I had well, I have gift cards and I wanted to wear it. I wanted to wear it tonight. Oh. So I had to go to Sephora to get it. I can't order it from Amazon. I can't get it from anywhere else. I have to get oh, it okay. through Sephora. So I get there, they don't have they don't have it. Oh, like I went to bed last night dreaming of fucking unicorns. Not me fucking unicorns, but like unicorns. Thank
2: and you for like, clarifying. You, you, you know what I mean. That's literally and, why I don't go to Best Buy, because they never have what I want.
1: Well, Sephora's usually really good about it. And I was like, oh, I should, I should call, I should call, I should call. I didn't call. They should have called. So I get there, yeah. And I had to order it online. And now guess what? It's going to take till next Friday to get to my house. Of course. So for Saturday, for the of uh, History Show, I'm going to have unicorn makeup on. Oh God! I'm gonna out. be I'm gonna well I'm gonna be a little shiny. That's all. We are. Spoiled, It'll be me, but so. just a little shiny. So that's my aside. I didn't get my two faced
2: unicorn. Well, back. you got to You have to and wait till Friday. We are a little spoiled though, because in our youth, everything was f- like four to eight weeks shipping. Yeah, it took. Oh yeah, cover. yeah. It was ridiculous. Amazon has spoiled me. I
3: I, I don't know. What Even to like say.
2: regular shipping that you, it is it, faster than that. And this the whole Prime two-day – like I get mad now when I order something and it's not two-day shipping and I'm like, are you kidding me? I won't
1: buy things unless I can use the the Prime two-day shipping. Oh, no. Dude,
2: it's a filter on the search that I use.
1: I'm not buying anything that I – if I'm paying for Prime, I'm using it. Uh Every single time I'm getting my money out of it.
2: I actually, I actually do use a little bit of eBay now, which I know has gone out of vogue, but it's not. It's it's only for foreign things I can't find on Amazon. That's literally the only things I use yeah. eBay for. It, it has
1: its purpose, though. Yeah. I just I got outbid too many times for things I really. really oh yeah, wanted, no, I just go buy it now, so, or
2: if they like yeah. offer it, I've like really undercut them because I know a lot of the stuff that I buy has been sitting in somebody's room and they can't sell it. So Hopefully, I'm,
1: they didn't sit in somebody's room. I mean, you buy a lot of K-pop stuff with chicks okay, on it, okay, so it's sp- been sitting in their room and they've been jerking.
3: Not specifically, kidding.
2: specifically, I got a signed album that was list price seventy bucks or best offer. I got it for thirty five because I know nobody wants it. Nobody right. knows enough to want it. Okay. so there's that. That that was that specific item. (laughs) Hopefully nobody was jerking off to it. I I, I mean, you're the one that went there. Thank you.
1: Well, yeah, absolutely I went there.
2: Well, that's fine.
1: I'm I'm a realist, Shim. I know what people do in their rooms. I know what I do in my room. I know what everybody else does in theirs or possibly in other rooms in the house. So I'm just saying. Under
2: the stairs, you know, wherever.
1: Under the stairs. (laughs) In the crawl space. By the back door, like – Wherever you feel most at home and comfortable.
2: In in the tool shed.
1: (laughs) That's so wrong. Um, (laughs) Speaking of wrong, Sonic is uh, coming out with a pickle juice slushie. I'm el I'm, I'm actually kind of curious. Like I kind of want to
3: try.
0: So
2: I'm not sure how I feel about this.
1: Yeah, I'm like it's probably going to be disgusting. Okay. but like I totally want to
2: try. I've it. I've only ever smelled pickle juice because I don't like pickles to begin with. Have you tasted pickle juice? I
1: have. D- I, yeah, I, I, I feel like, like
2: it's salty. It's a pickleback. It is. Pickle yeah,
1: it, 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 yeah, it's salty. It's brine. I'm. It's ju- like I'm saying briny- it's, it's going to be
2: like a, a salty pickly. Slushy. It's gonna, That's so it's disgusting. A pickle
1: juice slushy. Yes. So I don't know. Like people, like, I'm I'm hearing some good, some bad. I like pickle juice. It does like I like that salts like a that yeah. I, I
2: know there are people that, that that like the taste of it. I mean that's cool. But like there I are certain Worcestershires I will drink because they're delicious. Not wor- like a cup, but like I'll have a sip. Worcestershires. Yeah. Worcestershire.
1: I I never know how to pronounce it right. I don't care. Worcestershire. Uh, but I mean, Sonic has been doing like you know they have like oh hundreds of flavors of slushies and blah, blah, blah. yeah really pickle it's just juice.
2: ten that they mix but you know
1: yeah but they say hundreds of, you know yeah. the, they claim to have like a ton of different flavors so
2: it's a thing they're
1: adding in pickle juice so I don't know um, let me see if I can find out when that's going to be hitting a Sonic near us because we will have to try it. Uh, we'll get one and we'll split it because it could be terrible. We might take no, a sip be terrible, and throw but... it in the trash. But I mean,
2: it's like they they, they try know. these gimmicky flavors and some of them like actually stick, like you know, weird savory ice creams and stuff. But I just I don't know. Uh, not until summer.
1: Oh, uh, you found it before I did. Look at you being all fast over there. See if this is the old west and we were having you know a showdown. I would have just lost. The just- only
0: time I'm <clears throat> happier being faster than the woman in the room. That's yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: ding. <laughs> um, but okay, so this summer it's on. I'm actually going to make Shim eat kale too. He's never had kale.
0: Okay, you know, what? here's how I know this is that kale is a joke. You know who the largest consumer of kale was until 2013? Probably like Turtles,
2: animals.
0: Pizza Hut. As the garnish for their salad bars. <laughs> really?
2: Really? So they were the largest <laughs>
1: consumers of kale. Uh-huh. Yeah,
2: kale is garbage green. So, just in case you didn't know that.
1: I don't know. I like them. I, I like it. I use it in salad, it, and like if you're making like your own smoothies, you can put it in there for like the. It's
0: like, like people suddenly being obsessed with parsley. <laughs> I'm
1: not like obsessed with it. It just. Sometimes no, but I people can't. are.
2: Yeah, people are <laughs> obsessed.
1: Oh, well. Oh god, I guess good on
2: I wasn't judging uh, you specifically.
1: Okay. <laughs> I mean, I am a little I'm a smidge obsessed with avocados, but I only ever buy two at a time and that's like once every couple of weeks cuz I if, can't If the eat, color
2: like, green a had a flavor, it would taste exactly like avocado. Oh, they're
1: delicious, man. I made I made a killer salad the other night and I put avocado on it. It's well, good really for you.
2: Good for you and your smushy avocado greenness. It
1: was <laughs> it was delicious.
2: It's a superfood. He's yeah. just
1: jealous because he like probably ate out of a box that night or from a fast food and that didn't have a home-cooked meal, and I'm sorry. Yeah, wow. Well. I'm sorry you could have had a delicious avocado and kale salad. <laughs> yeah, thanks, that, thanks.
2: Your hate that, on it. That's what food eats. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear a stupid story about home cooking, which isn't really home cooking, but still?
0: If I say no, will you stop?
2: No. I'm warning you ahead of time. It's boring, okay? <laughs> so...
4: Perfect for a But it, our podcast, I know, right? But, Why it's, not, right? but it's
2: short. Okay, so I got I got this box of like of like chicken patties, and I go to my dad last night. I'm like, "Hey, I got a box of chicken patties. Why don't you make some noodles and sauce, and then we can just share food?" He's like, no, "I don't feel like it. Maybe tomorrow." Twenty minutes later, he's boiling noodles for something completely unrelated. I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" Okay, that's all. That's all I got. <laughs>
1: such a weird story (laughs) i don't even know i don't know what to say i mean do you know what to say
0: That's like the worst throwaway minute plot point in every teen drama on the yeah, CW like it network didn't ever. didn't go
2: anywhere. <laughs> Even with the surprise him Dad, I want a- oh, noodles. Oh, and, <sighs> and then I ate brains and I could tell who committed a crime. There, there you go. we go. Yeah.
1: See? See? Better. Yeah. There we yeah. go. Now you he got us hooked again. We're yeah. back in. We're back in yeah. just like that. Um, so I've talked about Splatoon 2 a lot on the show and uh, Shim plays it as well. Um, I play it like literally every day. I wake up, I make my delicious Dunkin' Donuts chocolate Kale sandwich? Donut. Kale Should, sandwich? No, I, that's not, that's not, you don't make coffee out of kale. It's, <laughs> if somebody does, they have a problem. Um, I drink my delicious Dunkin' Donuts, uh, chocolate glazed donut coffee, which I was introduced to You're here welcome. at the podcast and <laughs> studios by Dave. It's amazing. Um, and I, I sit and I play probably about like a dozen rounds of Splatoon because it, it, wakes me up. I have my caffeine and then I'm like doing something, you know, hand eye coordination. And it helps me to wake up. So I do it every single day.
0: You can rationalize it. You don't have to justify.
1: No, I'm I'm <laughs> just this is my this is my stuff. Before
2: before we get into it, are you using that blaster still?
1: The one that I the the one that I was using the last time you were over yes
2: okay send me the name of it because I want to try it out okay okay
1: um but we only have about five minutes till we go to break but before we go to break I wanted to discuss what's coming up this summer um why don't you go ahead and you know for anybody who's playing Splatoon two this is actually like something really cool um that Shim had told me about earlier so okay
2: so uh basically um there's going to be a twenty dollar DLC it's going to have I think they said eighty single player levels, um, and and you know I've played like all of the Splatoon single player levels from one and two, and they range from like really good to you know kind of meh. But I'm looking forward to this. But you play as an octoling, which is like the oppressed race, if you read between the lines mm-hmm. and stuff. And one of the the new the two uh, hostesses is an octoling. But once you beat this the campaign, you can play in multiplayer as an octoling instead of like as a squid, which a lot of people um have really been like wanting since the first game. So a lot of people are gonna be really happy about this. Um but they're also they've committed to at least a year of support, possibly two. And uh apparently there's gonna be another new level soon, but also they're releasing just a crap ton of new clothing items. So and that's all free updates. So People have yeah. been looking forward to also, but like well, I'm mean, kind the of
1: clothing isn't free. You have to use your in-game.
2: Yeah, but I mean the DLC. It's like it's right. unpaid it's, DLC. It's the regular yeah. updates that they. But do for like the game. I, this, this came completely out of nowhere because like this was most of the time when Nintendo does DLC, it's announced at launch because they don't really play it the same way as the other companies, right? Because they're kind of new at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this just kind of came out of nowhere. So look for that this summer. I think you can pre-order it now. You get like some in-game bonus if you do. It's nothing special, but I think it's like just you know. Cost items but i'm looking forward to that
1: Actually. no I, i'm excited too because you know i play the game a lot and mm-hmm. i've I've beaten a lot of the i think i've beaten like i'm in the second zone of the <laughs> one player levels and i'm stuck on this one i'll beat it eventually but um you know i it's the one game that i've been consistently playing since i got the switch there isn't a whole lot that i like on the switch uh mario odyssey was really fun I, there's still more stuff i have to do on that but Um, I've kind of like put that away because it's a little bit more involved and I, I can't just pick it up and play a three minute round. Yeah. Which is what I like about Splatoon. You don't have a long commitment. Like if you're waiting for your friend to come pick you up, you can get a round in. You know, if you're, you let your dog outside, you get a round or two in and then you let your dog in. It's just like a nice kind of, uh, It just kind of breaks things up and and fills time. Well, whereas a lot of the other games don't do that. So,
2: literally half of the great titles on the Switch are re released Wii U games, which was a smart move for Nintendo because they didn't get a lot of exposure the first time around. Right. But I actually had a Wii U, so I already have them all. Splatoon is literally the only like box game I I own still for the Switch. Right. I I haven't purchased anything else yet.
1: Yeah, it was that. And then, you know, Mario Odyssey for me. So, kind of a
2: bummer, but you know,
1: (laughs) well, you know, it is what it is. It's, 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 there hasn't been much that I've wanted on the Switch, but I really wanted the Switch because of Splatoon. 2. Yeah, me and I'm too. getting, I've gotten my, I've gotten my three hundred dollars or whatever I paid for it of use out of it.
2: Yeah, I played a crap ton of that game. Yeah, you played I it more mean, than me. it was,
1: it was worth it for me. So, um, yeah. So that is the first half of our show. Um, we do have an an extra special guest. The cool thing is, is that this is going to be his first podcast that he's ever done. <laughs> I know. So, you know, we're going to live all the hardball. Qu- no, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're going to be super cool. Uh, Lee Newman, I've met him, um, met through Facebook. I've been meeting a lot of really great creators and I've read his, he has a children's book and then he has an, uh, an adult book, not in the triple X kind of adult book <laughs> way. Um, but it's called The Auditorium. Odd-atorium, just in case you didn't hear that currently. It's a a horror anthology, so we're going to discuss that. um, And he's got a comic coming out. I mean, there's just a whole bunch of stuff coming out on his end. So He's got a show on
2: the CW coming out.
1: Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> hey, you never know. I, this is going to be my it's first a, time talking with him. Like,
2: it's about a zombie that eats I, brains. I would say can,
1: face-to-face. No, yeah. that's called iZombie. I know. That
2: was a joke I already made earlier. Yeah, you just did, you're a bring full it full circle. Bring it back. Yeah, bring it back. All right.
1: So as soon as we come back from break, we, we're going to be joined by Lee Newman for his first ever podcast interview. And uh, let's, let's try not to scare him. All right, folks? All right. We'll be right back.
0: hey man this is uh dave running the boards here uh so we've got probably about uh seven eight minutes before we hop back in uh if you want to hold okay. on you can totally hold on or if you want to call back in you totally can up to you
4: uh i can just wait that's fine okay cool
1: hi lee did you Hi, hey. Lee. how are you?
4: Good, good.
1: Uh, awesome. Okay, yeah, we're not on air, so we're just chit-chatting. But um, don't be nervous; it's going to be awesome. We just went to commercial uh, break or music break, um, so yeah, we're just going to be a few minutes, and then before we go in, I'll let you know before we go live, and then I'll introduce you, and we'll just talk. I'll, I'm, I'm going to keep it simple. So,
3: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> don't be nervous; it's going to be it'll it'll be good. Everything's going to be good. So. Okay. All right, cool. We'll be back in a few minutes then. Okay?
4: All right. Sounds sounds great.
1: And welcome back to The Waystation. We have now reached the portion, the interview portion, which is very exciting. We've blathered on about our own stuff for an hour. And today we have Lee Newman joining us. Hey, Lee, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's great here. Uh, it's beautiful here in Michigan. Beautiful, beautiful. The sun's out and it's St. Patrick's Day. So I feel like everybody's kind of happy today.
0: <laughs> I feel like we have different definitions of beautiful. I mean, it's sunny. It's like 12 degrees, but it's sunny. No, it's
1: it's like 48 <laughs> degrees, man. It's. It's pretty nice. Michigan <laughs> around this time of the year can be it – it could be snowing right now. It's true.
0: It is relative. Relatively speaking, yes, it is beautiful in Michigan
4: today.
1: And where, are you, where are you from, Lee?
4: Uh, I'm in South Carolina, so I'm not going to brag about how it is outside right now.
1: <laughs> I mean, you could if you want to because you – know, and then we'll just go, boo. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've been to South Carolina. I actually really like South Carolina. They had a really good movie theater down there. I don't remember what it was called. I was like 16, so – but it was fun.
0: Cool story, bro.
1: I know, right? <laughs> it's, so, it's so exciting. So, Lee, you are you're an author, a writer, and you you've written a couple things. But I wanted to start off with um, "Creepy Kitchen," which is okay. Which is the it's it's a kid's book. Um, it's based on a poem that you had published previously. And then, what made you decide to turn it into a book?
4: Well, I always kind of wanted it illustrated, but um, I was working at uh, a bookstore at the time and I was looking at all these children's books and I was like, man, there is a, uh, there's a lack of kind of scary books for kids. So I started just kind of in my head bouncing around, you know, Seussical ideas of what to do with different monsters. And I was like, well, you know, cooking fun and kitchen utensils and so I just kind of started coming up with ideas for the different monsters that would be in the kitchen. I was like, but why is it scary? Oh, the same reason any adult's kitchen is scary. It's a horrific mess. <laughs> so that's the whole idea.
1: And that is accurate because, like, I was a little afraid when, uh, you know, I'm reading the book. I'm like, if it looks anything like my kitchen after I've cooked, it's going to be horrific. So and it, it it delivered. So that's always good. That's the
0: sign of a good cook, though. I- is it? Yes. Never trust a skinny chef. Never trust a neat chef. <laughs> All right. I'll
1: keep that in mind next time. (laughs) Well, it's really, really cute. And I like that, um, you know, that you're trying to bring like a little bit of, you know, not like nightmarish horror to children, but something that, you know, to kind of give them like a different choice because there's a lot of, you know, lighthearted books. Yeah. But but it's also creepy, which – I'm a 100% on board with I'm a horror writer myself, and I'm all about introducing children to the to to the ideas of horror. Not
2: (laughs) I was just going to say, choose your next words very carefully. Why don't you have a seat? (laughs) Right, right. But uh, So
1: would you say that you're predominantly a horror writer or I mean, have you do you write in other genres as well?
4: Uh well I've, I've written a few different uh genres but it seems like I keep coming back to horror just because that's that's what I like but I mean I've written uh several different uh, I've done comics before which were sci-fi and humor horror and humor really are the two things that I seem to land on the most. So I I've been writing these horror stories that are in my current book for a while and I had to find, I was like I've got too many they're accumulating I got to find a way to put them out but Yeah, I mean, I like I like to write just about anything, but it's definitely has has to be a little funny. I have to have some kind of humor in it no matter what it is. So like even Creepy Kitchen is like, you know, it's a kid's book, but there's adult, not adult humor. But, you know, there's humor in there that's for adults, like the uh, quote about letting the dishes soak or uh, (laughs) the fact that there's a veiled reference to young, well, not, not very well veiled reference to young frankenstein and the frankenstein portion there's stuff adults are going to look at and go oh that's I get that and you know it's a gateway and you kind of book and your kids will get it later so
1: <laughs> exactly kids need more books like this.
4: True. I mean, I remember uh,
0: my aunt was a, either the, a horrible or a phenomenal influence on me when I was younger. Uh, she, you know, She's nine years older than me, so she took me to see, like, History of the World Part One uh, when I was about seven. Uh,
3: <laughs>
0: and when you're seven, uh, you laugh at all the fart jokes. Uh, and then I saw it when I was about 16 or 17, and it was, it was a whole different movie.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> hey, I, if your your mind picks up different things exactly. different ages and kind of, totally. Um okay, so I wanna get into the auditorium, which is your this okay. is your it's a supreme collection of the fantastic and the macabre. So.
3: That is what it is.
0: And it is odd, O D D auditorium.
1: Yes, not I, yeah. if, if i'm saying it with some kind of a michigan accent you no, can't understand that no that's
0: that's a, it, it, when you i mean i don't know how you could pronounce auditorium without it sounding like auditorium
1: it, auditorium you really have to stress that first auditorium <laughs> yeah
0: exactly
1: <laughs> um so this is it was actually um like it's it's almost 300 pages i mean this is a big this is a big book and it it's sectioned off into um there's a few different sections and then each in each section there's like, you know, a group of stories that kind
2: of deal with a theme. Well, there's like a running narrative. Exactly. And, and I like that because it's it, – it gives some sense of why all these stories are together in one book.
1: Right. Yeah, it, it, there's like a story. It starts off with uh, Vincent Geist who is the owner of the auditorium and he, there, there's this writer that's going there to – uh, he wants to get like inspiration. He wants to see this creepy stuff. So he goes there and this place just kind of comes up like it's in the middle of nowhere. It looks decrepit. Um, and he's he's welcomed and he gets a ticket from this chick who disappears. Like there's like all these like little um, little things leading into.
0: I'm like last episode of, of Black Mirror is all I'm thinking. <laughs> it, it, is, it is a little bit.
1: Yeah, it is, it's kind of like that. It's, it's similar. I would say um, it goes a little bit.
4: It's funny that you say that. Because uh, when it when uh, like my book had already been been out and been um been on the way to being produced for a while, and then that episode of Black Mirror came out, and everyone goes, "Have you seen the latest episode of Black Mirror?" And I, I hadn't, and uh, they were like, "Okay, just asking." <laughs> you
0: you <Ooh>. should. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I mean that's a good comparison to draw because that was a really um, that was one of the fan favorite episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that you already had. This going in that same kind of a vein that that shows that there's an audience for it, so that's really cool. Um, yeah. And before I get too much into the book, I wanted to you, you did a Kickstarter for this book, correct? Yes. So how? Two was,
4: actually. The first one was unsuccessful.
1: Wow, you know, that, that was one of the questions that I like to ask because you know, Kickstarter is like this really great tool that, you know, independent creators have to you know, get their work out there. But it's it's a lot of work and it's really um it can be difficult to rally the support if especially if you're not like a super well known um creator or you know, it it can be a little bit mm-hmm. of an uphill battle. So um well, tell me about your first campaign. How did obviously it did, you just said it didn't get funded? What do you think that you did differently the second time around that made it more
4: successful? Uh, without a doubt, uh, uh, I would say it was that uh, the second time around, I I went for a little bit more conservative of a goal. Um, I basically took what I raised before, and I looked at those backers. And I was like, okay, well, these people believe in me. Those people are definitely getting books. So I sent a message to the group from that Kickstarter. I said, "Hey, listen guys. If you'll stick with me, we're going to do it one more time because I know you guys want this book. I'm going to set it where we left it and you guys will all get your books, you know. I don't no need for any any profit beyond that. You guys believe in my book, let's put it in your hands." So that was the first thing as I I knew I was going to just basically just try and give the people that wanted the books books. The second and I think the most important thing, especially in this, you know, Point click. I don't want to sit too long. Day and age, where people just want you to tell them what a thing is. Uh, my wife helped me make a a video because I had no video on the first one, and that video got so many plays, and people watched it so many times. Like I really, I tell her all the time. I think that's the reason that I got the the more more support this time is just because people just want to be shown. Well, what is this thing about? And she did such a great job that it just sold the book one hundred percent. And I came, I blew my first goal out of the way. I made goal in like two days. And, um, then after that, it just kept snowballing it, until a point where I actually got really close to my former goal. So I ended up raising the money more or less that I was shooting for. And I think a lot of that had to do with just, uh, the presentation was improved. So my takeaway from that is if you're going to make a Kickstarter, always, always, always have a video because it, it makes a world of difference.
1: I totally agree with you. I mean, I, I back a lot of Kickstarters and, and not that I'm lazy, but I do like if there's a video, it does kind of give you all the information instead of, cause there, you know, you can scroll down the pages and it shows you like for, like if you're back, you know, gonna back a comic, it'll show comic pages right. and all this other, there's a lot going on in a lot of these Kickstarters. So that video, I do agree is a, a very strong selling point because it's a one stop shop. This is what it is. This is what you can get enjoy
0: well and it is I mean it's it, 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 as publishers of any kind know um, it, it, people don't necessarily like to read especially on the internet uh, <laughs> and, and so if you can spoon feed them you know in in 30 seconds or less exactly you know and, and lay the breadcrumbs down for where you want them to be it's
4: a lot easier. Yes. exactly show me what the thing is in five minutes okay I'm sold right
1: <laughs> right that and well and it's I'm you know that's great that you were able to do that and you know almost hit that original goal and it's it's see it's like amazing to hear stuff like this this is why I always ask people you know when they do Kickstarters like you know what they feel they did right or wrong because it, it differs from each person but it's like just sometimes just a minor adjustment. Or Two can really make a huge difference, and um,
4: it really does,
1: yeah. And this show we cater to the independent creators, so we have a lot of people that are listening that um that value this kind of information. <laughs> so that's why you know I'm not trying to be all nosy up in your business, but I am a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> I gotta get, I gotta ask some questions that might be a little nosy, but um, but that's really great, and I did um. I didn't even know that uh, Dirk did. Dirk Manning did the forward for your book until you sent me. Oh over, yeah, Dirk's great. Yeah, you sent me over a copy, and I was like, "Oh, a forward by Dirk. <laughs> He's all over the place.
4: He is. He is. He is a hardworking man.
1: I just saw him uh, over l- last weekend at Fantastic on Toledo, and mm-hmm. he was uh, doing karaoke like a crazy man.
0: <laughs> in a kilt.
1: In a, yeah, in a kilt. <laughs> with that wig. Yeah. The curly the curly wig, yeah. <laughs> uh but that's really cool. He's I mean, he's a a good guy um like for anybody that's listening, he's a good guy if you have questions um you know about how to get into comics, how to get into things of that nature. He's a really um great source and has been re- very helpful to a lot of people and you know, he's a horror writer. And he's mm-hmm. he's He's, he's a good dude. So it's awesome that you got him to do the foreword for your book. It's like perfect.
4: Oh, yeah. His his book and then his two-part panel, I forget which con it was recorded at, but he has a two-part panel that's on YouTube about breaking into comics. Mm-hmm. And anytime someone asks me about breaking into comics or starting writing, I say, watch this panel, read this book. So, I mean, that's the, the best way to sum it all up. I actually, the one of the first times I saw him in person, I went to his breaking into comics panel at C2E2. And uh, immediately, like everything he said made so much sense. And so that's when I kind of, you know, I've seen him in a few shows and we got to know each other. And I found out he loves lovecraftian horror uh, as much, if not more than I do. So, I mean, obviously became very good friends.
1: All you have to do is mention Cthulhu to him, and it's like you're immediately friends.
2: Yeah, he's a Cthulhu junkie. I'm a little more into Azathoth myself. I'm an yeah. Azathoth,
1: more Azathothy myself. Yeah. Is, if if I can say that, that's yeah. not even really a word, but you know,
2: I was I was reading Let's your your uh because I I read the book um to prepare for the interview. And <laughs> I'm glad you prepared. I mean, shit. there was there was uh, like the, the first section there. I mean, I'm not going to try and give stuff away here, but. I mean, you're doing a little name-dropping. I see Miskatonic come up, and I'm like, oh, okay, I know it's going to happen. This is going to be good.
4: You know, so yeah, I definitely that appreciate my, that. My, I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: No, I was going to say, I definitely appreciate, like, like going there that you did.
4: Absolutely. That was my, like, I wanted to kind of homage without uh, retreading the same old stuff. So I was like, well, let's go. You know, it's like a little nod. It's like, like an Easter egg in a movie, you know, like in a Marvel movie with a little... Little Easter egg. Oh, that name sounds familiar. That place sounds familiar, but not to go too much into um, into like where some of the stories have already gone.
1: Right. Well, and that makes sense. You kind of it's you can take a mythos and and use it and kind of make it your own. Um, Jason mm-hmm. and I wrote uh, a horror anthology, and uh, Ramsey Campbell um, allowed him to use a character. And he kind of paid homage to that character in the story, but didn't you know try to retread on anything that Ramsey Campbell had written? Yeah,
2: I didn't like he. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but uh, he he wrote um, some some mythos literature, and uh, one of his characters was a Golanak. and dude actually answered my email, and was like, yeah, you can use him in the story. So it's not a sequel to his story, but it has some of the same characters, and he was totally cool with it. And then one of the other stories I wrote is all about deep ones and, and Dagon, but I don't actually say that but it totally well,
1: well yeah you, you shouldn't it, it's, it's good to to pay that respect to something that you like for the source material but you should definitely always yeah, as a writer you should not rewrite something that somebody already
3: wrote
1: yeah. <laughs> you gotta yeah, make it your own <laughs> um so there's there's several different sections in this book and i I kind of like this approach because I it kind of feel like there's something for everybody uh in this book. That was the idea. Yeah, I mean it's so you know there's a section um the first part is the the old gods so we have you know some lovecraftian stuff for for people that enjoy that. Um section 2 uh is it's about demons and it's I love demon stories. It's kind of like one of my favorite mm-hmm. things to to read about. So that was really cool. Um <laughs> The one section that kind of like threw me off a little bit was the section called "The Next One: You Are what You Eat." I thought that was a really interesting theme, as you know looking at the other themes from the book what what made you decide mm-hmm. to write this little collection of of stories that had to do with with food
4: um well, uh, we can specifically say it's one of uh, not just food but uh one of the most highly held human taboos um. Mm-hmm. The reason that, you know, my entire horror writing career actually springs from a single story in that chapter called Eat. Um, That was the first horror story I ever wrote. And that's why I wanted to include it in this collection. And the reason I wrote it was Rob Zombie and um, Alice Cooper were coming to town on Halloween for a concert. And the radio station said, write us a horror story. And if we like it, then we'll give you backstage passes and free tickets. And I could not afford either of those things. So I wrote a a shorter, a condensed version of that story. And I sent it in and uh, I got to meet Rob Zombie and Alice Cooper and go to an awesome concert on Halloween. So like, oh, I, I might actually be okay at writing. So (laughs) from there, I, I uh, built that story out and continued to write more stories in the genre. And was like, wow, I really, not only do I love watching and reading horror, horror, I really like writing it as well. So that's that's kind of where that whole chapter sprung from. And because that's that's one to really make people squirm because I know that kind of stuff. I wanted to have something in there, you know, there's so, something for everyone, but there seems like there's also something not for everyone in there. So, you know, <laughs> we supposed to make you uncomfortable sometimes. So some of those stories definitely may.
1: Yes, I, I, def- I agree with the uncomfortableness. That's why that's, I like being put in that, questionable area when i'm reading something and um it's really funny because both uh shim and i when we read the book we both really loved to eat like that was one of our favorite mm-hmm. stories um it it reminded me of like like clive barkerish like because it has like that like darkness to it um and i felt mm-hmm. it what's so great it, it it's like some of the stories i mean all the stories deal with these you know Pretty terrible things. Some of them seem to have a little bit of levity to them, but like this one was just straight up like, uh, it was just it was dark.
4: (laughs) That one that one goes dark. It doesn't it doesn't let up until the very end, and that's like you know it's like a really really dark tales from the crypt episode. Where at the very end there's the joke, right? And that's that's that was pretty much the idea. I mean even. When I was writing it, I was like, Ugh, "This is making me a little uncomfortable. I better do something at the end to make it just a little bit lighter." Um, so that's <laughs> it ends on a little bit of a lighter note, but that is one of the darker stories. But I mean, it's you know, it's horror,
1: exactly. And I like, <laughs> and that reminds me that you put that little disclaimer in the beginning of your book, which I thought was very smart <laughs> to do. I never thought, oh yeah, about don't write me hate mail, right. <laughs> like if you're if your kid reads this or something and has a nightmare like this is a horror book you've been warned like it's just no exactly <laughs> that's that's very smart and i think a good idea for um especially because like the cover i mean the cover looks gorgeous and it looks actually like inviting for i think younger people too um they might not be prepared for what's on the inside but you know <laughs> the outside looks like you know it looks a little welcoming and it's a little creepy but I think a young me would have been drawn to this
2: book. That that's a good point. We should probably put a disclaimer on our next book because <laughs> yeah. our first one, now that I think about it, probably should have had one. Mostly <laughs> mostly yeah. my fault.
1: Ah, that's all right. <laughs> you live, you learn, right? I keep hitting my mic. Stop I, hitting I, mic. My rings are too big and I keep hitting You're, my cord with them. I need to just take them off. I'm getting all crazy here in Studio One at Podcast I, Detroit.
0: I'd tell you to substock with your hands, but I mean that would that's the equivalent of like you know. Muzzling you. Yeah, I, I talk with my
1: hands. Blame you, my Sicilian. You're Italian. Family. Yeah, yeah. That's what that's what I do. Are You, you um, gonna
2: have uh, you gonna have gravy for Sunday dinner? No. Okay, then you're not that Italian. Sicilian. Whatever. There's a difference. Yeah.
1: <laughs> my grandmother would beat you.
2: <laughs> to
0: this day. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so. And then there's like, you know, a section on the paranormal, which is really cool. And I think a lot of people can, people like paranormal, um, like ghost stories. Uh, I think that's mm-hmm. probably in horror right now. I feel like that's the strongest genre. Like, you know, we have like the insidious movies, you know, we have all these movies where there's like these houses that have, you know, spirits and entities in them. Um, and, and they've been doing really, really well. And I think that's something that. Ghost stories are just kind of classic, and they stand the test of time. I mean, The Haunting of um of Hill House mm-hmm. is still one of my favorite books of all time. And, you know, if you've – I don't – well, I can't – I could spoil it because, I mean, that book's been out forever. I feel oh, yeah. like – I mean, it's not necessarily that the house is haunted. There's a lot of other things going on too. But, like, that was, like, the first book that I read where, like, a ghost – story type Mm -hmm. book it was fantastic and it's one of those genres that i think um in horror or subgenres in horror that you know will always be around and people will always tell ghost stories there might be other Mm -hmm. things that fall away but ghost stories are just so fun in my opinion
4: well i agree i wrote some
1: (laughs) you you, obviously you agree yes Uh, and it, it seems like you have like a lot of fun when you when you write your your stories um I noticed like you said that there's humor you put humor in things and that's probably I, I like that because it kind of breaks up tension and sometimes you need that it's just like in any good horror movie where they have like that moment that like you know they'll throw something in there to kind of break up the tension and so that's one of the things I yeah. noticed and especially like um, you know in each section even though there different types of stories that was like a kind of a theme that was like running through your work.
4: Yeah, that's really what I try to do. I mean, like, you know, some of them, there's a a particular chapter towards the end that's really the more dark stories that don't have as much of the levity to them. But in general, uh, everything I have, I try to approach it with just a little bit of humor, because, I mean, even real life, if something bad is happening, someone's going to crack a joke. There's going to there's some kind of humor to be had. So, I mean, like there there can be a story where something terrible is happening, but, you know the person's internal monologue of them freaking out can be humorous because, you know, it's just someone losing their mind and freaking out at this crazy situation.
1: And sometimes in those moments when we all, cause I'm sure we've all been through those moments where we feel like we're losing our minds. I mean, I've laughed, so it makes, it makes sense. You have to laugh so you don't scream.
2: (laughs) Well, when you're in, in a really stressful situation or at least me and maybe I'm crazy, but I think sometimes like, it it actually like if an outside person could hear your thoughts it would be humorous to them in a kind of like what the hell is wrong with that person kind of way because you start like having a conversation with yourself to try and figure out you know the situation you're in if that makes any sense like you you basically second no, guess your own thoughts and it, and i could see that definitely leading to humor if it's if, if someone else could actually you know peek in on that um I think it's I think it's good too and, and and um Stephanie mentioned somebody mentioned about horror being you know good horror you know make you feel uncomfortable I think sometimes good comedy can do the same thing is make <laughs> you true, feel a true. little uncomfortable and I like that so and it it's good too because you know sometimes 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 you want horror to be unrelenting but sometimes probably most of the time it really is too much if it is just unrelenting and you need those little breaks of humor where you can just kind of sit for a second before the next awful thing happens. <laughs> so that's my take on it anyway. You have to let your brain no, reset. I agree 100%. And,
0: yeah. Let your brain reset and get back into your nice, happy safe space. And then bah! Yeah.
1: you have to remember that none of this is real. At least we hope it isn't <laughs> and move forward. <laughs> so at, uh, you know, I should have asked this earlier and I just totally slipped my mind. I like to know like what got you into writing? What got you like what most people have like kind of always written, but like what made you really like want to get into doing this as, you know, more than just like a hobby?
4: Uh, well, I mean like I, I always used to love literature classes, uh, in school anyway. And even as uh, you know, in when I was in grade school, I used to like to write little stories. Um, But, I mean, I like to tell stories, but I'm not a great artist. I actually started uh, my writing with uh, trying to do professionally in comics. And I've managed to be lucky enough to do a few books. Uh, But it's just, if you're on a budget, making comics to tell your stories is a little cost prohibitive. And um, the auditorium actually began as kind of an homage to those E.C. Warren horror comics, Tales from the Crypt, Creepy, Eerie. It began as that. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've actually gotten the majority of that book, that anthology, completed. But I started running low on, um, on funds, so I was like, well, I really want to get this auditorium thing running. I've got so much steam behind it. So I wrote this book, and this is technically the prequel to the comic book anthology. Because um, I just wanted to tell the story about this place. So I started putting my stories together, grouping them into themes, writing them around the idea of the auditorium. Um, so that's kind of what got me writing is just, um, I've always liked to write. Um, but just because to get the creative juices out there and get the stories told, uh, prose is really where I kind of pushed myself while I kind of gathered my funds for sequential art, because I love both the mediums.
1: Yeah, it's a really, uh, it, it, it's difficult, especially when you're funding a comic on your own. I mean, I, I have written, I just completed my first series, um, I don't know, like a month or two ago. And I pay for everything out of my own pocket. And, you know, it's, it is, it's, it's very, <laughs> it could be very expensive. Uh, especially like if you're not working, like some people, like they just know artists and they're like, hey, let's work on this book together. And, you know, we'll, you know, be co creators. And then whatever money we make from it will split cool, awesome. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's no upfront cost. But, I mean, for for the majority of people, and that's why you see so many comics on Kickstarter is because there is a lot um, that goes into it because you have your inker, your penciler, your colorist, your letterer, your your editor, um, you know, your cover artist. I mean, there's there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of moving parts and those moving parts aren't cheap.
4: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you want everyone to have what you would consider a reasonable wage for the quality of work they're giving you, you have to do that. Not everybody has that money, you know, out of pocket. So you have to try and fundraise that way. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Jim Zub. He's a comic book writer. He does a lot of really good stuff. I once saw him quoted as saying that uh, making comics is the most expensive hobby you'll ever have. <laughs> and that that's, pr- that's pretty accurate.
1: It, oh, man, it really is. It's like you, you really have to love comics in order to make comics. It's just there has to be like a true passion for it. Otherwise, I, you you just get out. If you don't love it, just stop and get out. Get <laughs> you know, while well, you still can. That, that's my that's my advice.
2: And when the house says get out, it's time to get out, right? Or or when Alexa says get out, it's time to get out. <laughs> yes, or at least you know, turn off Alexa. Right. Yeah, un unplug yeah. that bitch.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, so it sounds like I mean you've so you've always been. Interested in writing? That's and it seems to be with most people that I talk to, um, they've been writing on and off their entire lives. It's been like a passion, you know. Which, that's great. I mean, we learn even you know how to be good writers even when we're very small and we're writing little tiny stories that don't have a lot of exposition mm-hmm. and a lot of things going on. I mean, every every step of the way is is building us up towards, you know, what could possibly be a career uh, as a writer. And you know, being in the in the indie industry <laughs> um you know ev- all of that that back work it helps and having a good editor helps too so <laughs> i i love my editor i use uh, Le- uh leah letterman she's awesome she saved a lot of my stories so <laughs> you gotta love yeah, your editor
4: shout out to uh, my editor as well sean uh sean mian and also uh, i think i made my wife read re- just about every story i wrote and i just kind of stood over her shoulder like is it good is it good so shout out to her as well.
0: What do you think? What do you think now? How about that? What about that? Is that cool? Did you like that? You How know, about
1: that? when you get married. I, I'm sure
0: I'm so annoying.
1: People, you know, but hey, when you get married, like you're signing up, that's part of your job. Proving. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely it is. I, I mean, I send my stuff to my friends. I'm like, hey, read it. Tell well, me what uh, you think.
2: Stephanie edited my novel, but I mean, that was like. I oh God, I forget how many words it is, but I found out it rivals like a middle sized Harry Potter novel and I don't have the money to have that professionally edited. Yeah. That was just not gonna happen. So I made her do it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm such a nice friend. Clearly. Yeah. Push
2: you, did a, you did a pretty good job. There's, a, there's only, you know, a few glaring air er- No, it's a pretty good job you did. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, the welcome. typos
1: are on you. I'm not she, looking yeah. for your typos. Well you
2: can't spell, so it's fine. <laughs> she I'm was really, about to kill you.
1: I'm not I'm not great yeah. at spelling. <laughs> it's it's fine though, it's all good. Um, so you also um are working on a new comic.
4: That is correct. Why don't you tell um, us I'm a little doing, bit about it? it? Uh, why don't I tell you a little bit about it? As I was uh, just about. To, I know. Sorry. I
1: like. Cut, I start, Yeah, I was like timing. Exactly. All right. I'm shutting up.
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, the book, uh, the comic that I'm working on now, it's uh, planned to be a three part series. It's sort of like if um, you were to put Knocked Up and Kick-Ass together and have <laughs> Judd Apatow direct it. Okay. It's called Sasone, and it's about like pretty much the worst self-made superhero you can imagine. Uh, his superpower is basically just uh, exceptional ballet. But I mean, he puts it to good use.
0: I was like, "Now, wait a minute. <laughs> um, I saw Damon Wayans in Blank Man. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the bar.
4: <laughs> okay, well I think I, I think he's just it's a few inches above Blankman. man. Okay. <laughs> um but the the story is it's it's really well done. I've got a really good team of uh, of people behind me. Um it's being put out by Moby's press and uh they were really cool to kind of help me put together a dream team of people to make the book and then just kind of they uh, Brian Cole had the idea, he's the owner of the, the press company and he said, Hey, I kind of had this idea but I don't know what to do with it. And he gave it to me and I ran with it and he's like, Oh my gosh, that's great. Let's, let's make this comic right now. Um, so it's, the guy's basically a, uh, a Valley superhero. He's not very good at it. And within the first few pages, uh, he has a secret identity spoiled. Uh, his girlfriend finds out who he is and is completely ashamed and he gets fired from his job. So everything goes downhill. And, um, it's just—it's just kind of a story of him, kind of trying to get his girlfriend back, but she wasn't the nicest girl to begin with, and it just follows his his adventures as he's trying to be a real superhero to plie his way back into her heart.
0: Uh,
2: basically. <laughs>
1: oh my god, you're so lucky! You're three chairs away from me because I would smack you.
2: <laughs> what? That's a good line.
1: Oh man, you know me and puns—we especially coming out of this guy's mouth.
2: <laughs> it wasn't a
0: pun.
1: Well. It wasn't a pun, but it was a... Oh, what's the for word. For all you
0: know, it's for? a fairly accurate
2: tagline. You don't like wordplay because yeah. you, don't, you don't have a soul. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no this comic sounds amazing actually. Like this sounds like it's right up my alley. It
4: does. It's there's a lot of physical comedy in it. Um, there's a lot of uh, just very kind of self-referential hero humor. Um, the the main villain in it is um is kind of you know, very over the top and macho manish, so the complete antithesis of our of our hero. So it's, I think everyone will enjoy it. He's very Patrick Warburton, so he's written with that in mind. Nice. Oh, there um, we go. So,
1: Who doesn't love him?
0: I was going to guess the antithesis would be uh, Gregory Hines, the evil the evil villain tap dancer.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, there there are no well in this <laughs> issue. There are uh, no slight spoiler. There are no more dancing heroes or villains in this particular issue, but there are. Uh dancing villains and heroes plan for future issues.
1: I, I, I would love to see I, I, feel I like, hope there's a dance
0: off. Oh yeah the Jets and Sharks, yeah, like I, roving, roving bands of gangs that snap their fingers at each other. I think that'd be amazing.
2: <laughs> well, for every good hero or villain, there's the opposite with kind of the similar abilities. Yeah. Yeah. And when they have to go up against each other, all hell breaks loose.
1: That's one dance battle that I, I'm ready for. I'm ready for it. It's gonna give me life. <laughs> So when is this? Um, when is the first issue uh, going to be coming out? Do you have a date yet, or is it? I, I know it's still in production, but do you know when it's going to be ready?
4: Uh, it's still in production. Uh, we're just about done uh, having the pages colored. It's all drawn and inked. Uh, it's being colored now. Uh, looking for a letter. Um, we're doing kind of like a, a shared universe thing. So I think we're trying to get together all the books in the shared universe to try and kind of release together. Um,
3: uh, okay, but
4: it it should be should hopefully be within the next few months. I'm hoping we'll be able to kind of promote it a little bit more. But uh yeah, it's it's really fun. The whole every pretty much everyone in the superhero universe, the heroes and the villains. It just kind of shows they don't. No one really knows what they're doing. They're just doing their best at to be villains and heroes, and no one's great at it, which is hilarious.
1: Well, it, it's like real life, and I think that'll make it relatable.
4: Yeah, because, exactly.
1: You know. It's great. Like we were just talking about the Justice League earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, it's great to to see like these really powerful, you know, superheroes. That's all cool, but I like the flawed ones the most because they're the most relatable. And uh, I
4: don't feel- Hancock.
1: Yeah, like Han- I I totally related. I mean, I didn't have completely
4: underrated movie.
1: I-, I totally agree. I absolutely agree with that. It was a lot of fun. I mean, even though it had its dark moments, but it was a- it was funny. It had like the love story. It had you know. I feel like
0: alcoholic superheroes don't get enough play,
1: <laughs> or dancing superheroes, <laughs> or dancing superheroes. He's changing the game, <laughs> so I like. We're he's bringing it. He's bringing it to the streets.
0: I feel like somebody's super like it. Like Popeye had spinach. One of them needs to have like Jack Daniels.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that'd be a thing,
0: or perhaps even beer. I, I know. I know a beer company who might sponsor something to make that happen.
2: <laughs> Ooh, we could have a play on words instead of. Um, the phrase "punch drunk." The the villain's name is "drunk punch." I know that's awful. That that's really bad. I I I I get a f- almost a full desagulation for that. That's yeah, almost a full disadulation. At least for you, three demerits. I mean. Well, and I
0: feel like that was Jackie Chan's drunken master movie. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. uh, so the auditorium is available. Um, where can people find it? I I, I saw that, um, is it? It's in some stores, correct? Uh, well,
4: it's. On Amazon right now. Okay. And uh, certain, it's published through CreateSpace, so certain third party book dealers can order it. Um, But I mean, directly you can just order it straight off of Amazon. It's also available on uh, Kindle as well, so you can get it digital or physical from Amazon. Um, Or if you happen to see me driving down the street, I'll just pop open my trunk and sell you a (laughs) copy, you know? That works, too. Cut out the middle man.
1: Perfect. <laughs> I I just had this vision and of just, hey, man, you want to buy a book? Like you're just in a parking lot somewhere.
0: I'm like, I'm, see, I'm, I'm like, you're hey, like. Hey, you need some books? Yeah, right? you're, you're, like, you're at a red light. Hey, you want to buy a bag of oranges? I don't know. You want to buy a comic book? <laughs> Can I squeegee your windshield? I don't know. You want to buy a comic book? <laughs> <laughs> there we
1: go. <laughs> That's determination the right there. I like it.
2: I was gonna make a Homestar Runner reference about, "Hey kids, do you want to smoke some chocolate?" But it, I'd have to use my Starscream voice, and it gets really annoying. Oh fast. yeah, please
1: don't do that. But you know, this is the first time we're talking to Lee. I don't want to scare him away. If you know,
4: might we might be too late. We,
1: yeah, we may have already done so, <laughs> but uh, hopefully not. Well,
4: you've read my book. It takes a lot.
1: Uh, okay, well then we're good. We're we're totally good. <laughs> we're on the same page. Um, as a fellow horror writer, you know I have like. The, the things that have kind of inspired me, um, you know, my favorite authors, my favorite movies. What are some of your favorite, um, like, horror books and writers uh, and movies? I'm just curious. I always – this is a question I always have to ask because I'm such a nerd when it comes to this stuff. Like,
0: It's your James Lipton moment. It's okay.
4: It is. I, I just – I got to know. <laughs> well, uh, I guess – I, what started me on horror was at entirely too young of an age. I was uh, in my dad's old room at my grandparents' house and I picked up, he used to collect like the old uh, horror comics and suspense comics and that kind of stuff. And um, I was thumbing through one of those and it was like just, it scarred me for life. Like I, it's just, I was like, oh my gosh, this isn't a comic book. So I mean, I think that probably turned me onto the idea of horror. Um, And to this day, I love, you know, all of those old Warren and EC books, all the eerie, the creepy, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Twilight Zone, always been a huge fan. I mean, I can watch and rewatch all of those. Um, I was so I happy when Netflix think, I mean, brought them on. <laughs> I'm sorry?
0: I said I was so happy when Netflix added uh, Twilight Zone, all the old ones oh my, to the candle. Oh my gosh.
4: And there's so, time so, now. So
1: yep, there is.
0: Time enough at last? <laughs>
4: classic issue or episode
2: Uh ah good times except for that guy
4: but uh those i mean that that style has always been interesting
1: awesome so do you have any uh, um any like because i mean a lot of people will say like stephen king or things of that nature do you have any um like any like novel writers that you are a fan of
4: Well, obviously, H.P. Lovecraft. um, That's probably where most of my love for short horror came from. Um, Stephen King as well. uh, Obviously, great. There's a story in there, Echoes, which is kind of like my homage to Stephen King. I kind of try to do the thing because he likes to put in, you know, quotes and song lyrics and things like that. So when I wrote that story, it's kind of like that's my Stephen King homage. Um, And so he's obviously his work's been a big influence on me. I can remember being in middle school. Reading uh, Cujo and Misery and Carrie for the first time, and it was almost like you know, maybe I shouldn't be reading this, but but it's awesome. (laughs) I'm gonna
1: read it anyway,
4: (laughs) exactly. Who's gonna stop me? It was in the book, it was in the library, just
0: makes it all that much better, (laughs)
1: right? (laughs) That's awesome, and and it's funny that you said that because Echoes was actually like my second favorite of all the stories. I kind of put like I made little notes, like when I when I read stuff, I make little notes, and um put little stars by certain things. And Echoes was, I really loved the idea of this story. Um, And I can totally see, now that you say that, I can see that influence. I I didn't think about it at the time. But now that you've said that, I can can definitely, I definitely get that vibe from it.
4: Well, good. That's what I want to hear. There's definitely a few stories in there that are homages like that.
1: Well, yeah, and it was it was excellent. I it's that's like my kind of horror story, you know, like it it was right up my alley and I really really enjoyed it. Very well written um and just across the board, like I said, my second favorite out of all the stories. There's so many stories in this book, but that was it was great. Um we are about to we're running low on time now, but um I would like you to tell people, if you would like to, uh, where they can find you on the internet. I know that you already said where they could find your book, but if you want to repeat it, just to make sure that my audience is paying attention.
4: (laughs) Uh, Well, my book is available right now on um, Amazon, obviously. Just put in Lee Newman and Auditorium, and I'll uh, come up. And then um, my most active other place that I am is Twitter. And on Twitter, I'm at Raven Wrighton, not writing, W-R-I-T-I-N desk. So at Raven Wrighton desk. And those are that's probably the best way if you want to, um, you know, tweet out to me or bring something to my attention on social media, the best way to find me.
1: Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I I know I'm like, so how I mean, how was it? This was your first podcast interview. I mean, how did it feel? Did it feel was it Really, that scary? did
0: it hurt a little, and then start feeling better. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's uh, it, it's good. I it's definitely fun. I enjoy a little bit of banter, so it was uh, it was fun. Thank you for inviting me.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm glad. I you know I, I tried. I like I said, I wasn't going to lob any hardballs at you. Just a couple of softballs. balls. Cause and,
0: and she lectured us for like 20 minutes. I did before not, the show. Started. Okay, Lee. I did not lecture.
1: Nice. <laughs> I just said, hey. I gave him the scoop, you know, because I got to look out for my guests, my fellow writers here. Got to look out for them. I
4: appreciate you uh, not mentioning the scandal surrounding the book. Okay, got (laughs) to (laughs) go.
1: Love it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Lee, for coming on this show. And everybody go check out the auditorium. Very cool. If you're into horror, you're going to love it. Thank you. All right, guys. So we have a few minutes left on the show before we close down for this Saturday and go get drunk for St. Pat's. Well, Okay, that's what I'm doing. Drunkish, you're not getting drunk Shim. You, I don't know. I
0: have paperwork. You said to you're going to
1: watch movies tonight.
0: It's amateur day. I That's, feel no need to participate. He, he, he <laughs> drinks
1: all the time. See, he drinks enough all the time and, and, and any other day. It's, so it, it's dude, not... it's like
0: you know Christmas and Easter Catholics. I, I give up my seat at the bar today for the for the amateur. Oh well, I'm not going uh-huh. to the bar. I'm just going to. Hang... <laughs> it's an excuse
1: to see my friends. I'll take that. I don't get out much, so
2: true. I'm like a uh, major league player who got knocked back to the minors. I just don't have the skill anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a monster. (laughs) I'm a a monster!
1: monster! Arrested development reference, just in case (laughs) anybody doesn't get why we just did that. Um, (laughs) So, uh, what what are you showing me? Making... Making your approach, do
2: not stalk the girl. Oh my god. Okay. So d- d-
1: Explain what, what we're looking okay, at here. So
2: <laughs> you were talking about we were talking about puns and I was looking up the you know, the driving down the street in my 6'4". four, but he's rolling down the street yeah, in my that. six four. But he's like in an N sixty four.
1: Oh yeah. And and
2: it pulled up
1: It's amazing. A
2: Wiki How article, how to pick up girls walk while walking down the street. And it's fully illustrated. And and step four says do not stalk the girl. And there's a picture of a dude like peeking out around a corner, and like you can see like half the woman's face as she's walking away from it. It's got one of those big red nose signs through it. And I mean, yes, good advice, but also just it's hilarious to look at. So just, is,
0: is this why you're sitting over there taking notes for the last 10 minutes? This is
2: why I was giggling, <laughs> <and> trying <laughs> not to. He,
1: yeah, he, like he's over here, he's, he's listening to the interview, he's given the interview, and then he's like just giggling at something. And he keeps, all I can hear is on the table because he keeps, oh my God, making okay. small talk. Well, since nobody can see that, we're going to move past it. Go to WikiHow. Look yeah. it up. <laughs> there you go. Great uh, That was a great interview with Lee. That I'm really super, was. I'm super pumped for him. Uh, the Auditorium is a really cool book. And it, like I said, it's like almost 300 pages. So you're getting a lot of bang for your buck. And you know, there's a lot of stories in there. So definitely uh, go to Amazon.
0: Big fan of Maximum Bang.
1: Yes me too it's crazy how that works
0: uh,
1: <laughs> um, one thing we did want to talk about real quick before we end the show uh, it, it's been kind of a, a sad week for us science nerds uh, Stephen Hawking passed away um, you know granted he lived a, an extremely long life for somebody with ALS especially uh, because he was diagnosed so young um, He he's kind of like he, I mean he's a staple in, in modern science and he, he's so well respected and he had a sense of humor about everything. Like he was just a really like kind of a cool dude mm-hmm. and just smart beyond.
0: And died on Pi Day. I know. Which is also Albert Einstein's birthday.
1: I know. It was such a weird thing. That was the first thing I thought. I was like, oh my God, it's Pi Day. Because I saw that like on Twitter, you know, somebody, you know, put rest in peace, Stephen Hawking. And then I'm like, you know, I knew, remembered it was Pi Day because it's Pi Day. I wanted to eat some pie. I did not get any, by the way. mm um, but yeah, I know it's kind of just like a weird trilogy of things to have mm-hmm. happen on the same day. Um, but we, you know, we're big science nerds here and Shim, Shim knows a lot more than I do. He's, he's deep into the, hairy black holes. Yeah, I
2: brought up hairy black holes and everyone (laughs) looked at me like I was talking about something gross, which I wasn't for once.
1: (laughs) This time it was not Yeah, not gross. It
2: has to do with the information paradox and whether or not information can be lost in a black hole and that's uh, a big thing that Stephen Hawking was working on and he got some flack and they went back and forth, but I mean it's like that was some of his work and it's Hairy black holes. That's, that's, there all, we that's go. all I got to say about that's, that.
1: That's Jason's contribution to science right there is talking about hairy black holes yeah. on, on the show.
2: Yeah. It's, Bravo. Yeah, it's the idea that, that the information of particles going into one isn't lost, that it might somehow be like stuck to the surface. And someone was like, hey, let's call them hairy black holes because like the information is like sticking off like hairs. And I'm like, probably not the best phrase. Oh, also on a related note, uh, apparently uh, NASA has plans to deeply probe Uranus. Uh, no,
0: they're they're probing Uranus deeper than ever before. Yes, that is was, correct. was the headline yeah. that I read.
1: Wow, there. that's yeah. that's yeah. news. Not yeah. to
2: have you know too much <laughs> levity in this somber moment, but yes, right. that, that anus is getting probed.
1: Yeah, so we just wanted to Surprised to you just mentioned it in the show. Um, you know, very few people have made a mark on the planet like he has. So rest in peace, Stephen Hawking. Thank you for everything you gave us, and you know we're all flawed people. But
0: well, and honestly, one of the things that made me laugh was all of the people uh, posting the "Oh, he's in a better place now," and "Oh, no, no, no." I'm like, okay, uh, you don't know how atheism works,
3: because
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was an avowed atheist, and I did, I, I did the one meme I saw that was, um, it was a why well, it wasn't a meme, it was a, a, a screen capture of uh, the at uh, angry God. Twitter account. And he's like, seriously, Stephen Hawking's been here for less than an hour and he already mathematically proved to my face that I don't exist.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go.
1: <laughs> oh, but, you know, like I said, he lived a great long life. He did a lot to advance, um, like, a lot of scientific theories and just, you know.
0: Hey, and he was on the Big Bang Theory. I mean, got it. You know, there
1: right? you go. Because uh, that's a great show. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Did I just spit all over this nice microphone? Yes, I did. My Uh, DNA is all over your microphone.
0: Okay. When the crime scene team shows up, I'll let you know.
1: Okay. Does nobody murder (laughs) anybody in Studio One, okay? Because I spit all over this mic. Thank God there's a sock on it.
0: There is. Nerf condom. That's (laughs) that's what they are.
1: All right. Well, on that note, we are going to wrap up our show for today. Everybody, please be safe today. Do not drink and drive. Have fun. Enjoy yourself. Call yourself an Uber or a Lyft or a friend who is not drunk. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, walk your ass home. Like, do whatever you got to do, but don't get behind the wheels of your car if you're drunk. That's stupid. And I'm done preaching. I just want everybody to be safe. I want the world to be all sunshine and rainbows and unicorn eyeshadow palettes, which I couldn't get today. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> bringing it back around. It I
0: back have back. an entire week to work on my mocking material. I'm good. I'm <laughs> good. Thank you. Thank you for the heads up. I'm kind of
1: excited to see what you come up
0: with. (laughs) I'll start working on my material when I go. Okay.
1: All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to the show. Thank you to Shim and Dave for joining me. Of course, as always. Mm -hmm. And until next time, keep it indie.
3: Welcome to the Waystation.
1: To ensure travelers' safety and comfort, please deposit your baggage at the door. The Waystation encourages open discussions. All stories are also accepted rest from your journey through life enjoy your stay and please come again